On this episode of Geek Out Loud, good friend Lethargic Chewy, a.k.a. Lucas Butler, stops by. We're talking some Star Wars. It's been too long since we've done that, so we're going to rock and roll. It's your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud podcast. everyone and welcome to Geek Out Loud. My name is Steve Glosson. So glad to be along with you on this, your safe place to geek out. Uh, we are happy to be back and we're doing some special things recording. We're also gearing up for the upcoming sixth annual uh, Goliverse Marathon for Cure. Uh, you can find out more about Cure at curechildhoodcancer.org. And uh, we're teaming up with them once again this year. We've set a goal of raising $5,000 for Cure this year through the marathon. Uh, the marathon's going to take on a very different look this year than it has in years past. Um, I have no idea exactly who all will be stopping by, how things will be going. I just know that it's going to be a good time. And uh, we will do as we have normally done, start with the big honking show. And then we'll just roll into all day kind of shenanigans with all manner of different things um fingers crossed there'll be some returns there'll be some guest spots there'll be uh fingers crossed um we'll have some old friends stop by we may have some new friends stop by uh but uh, but i think it i think it'll be good and um we are going to use our radio connections to the fullest and uh, we're just going to have a have a good time. So that is February 8th, Saturday, February 8th. We'll be live at Mixler.com slash Goliverse. You can go to GeekOutOnline.com slash live or BigHonkinShow.com slash live if those things are easier to remember for you to get to, to listen live that day. And we invite everyone to be a part of it. We're, we're going to do giveaways this year um, for those who are who donate at certain levels and that sort of thing. So really excited about that. We've got um, uh, if you if you are in the know on the the Geek Out Loud YouTube channel that has recently low key launched, um, then you know that we've been going through the Impel 1990 Marvel superhero cards and it's really boring like i was sitting there recording this thing you know what let me just uh let me do this real quick um let's bring him in ladies and gentlemen uh he is uh we've told the story we've told the origin story we've told the origin story of lethargic chewy little did i know that night as i secretly filmed from my vehicle a man in a chewy suit walking around a very dark toys r us parking lot um and doing commentary on what was going through his heart and mind. <laughs> that we would become really good friends in the months and years to come. Uh, right here in Rome, Georgia, in studio, in the Gulliver's Studios, ladies and gentlemen, my friend, your friend, Lethargic Chewy himself, Lucas Butler. Hello, Lucas. Long have I waited <laughs> to return to hang out with you. It's so good. Wars, yes. It's so good to have oh, you, man. It's great to be back. Um, 
so I'm talking the, the low key YouTube launch. Right. I didn't make a big deal about it. I just kind of started putting videos out there. Low key's good. Patreon Patreon supporters get it first. Yes. Um yes, and and so, you know, that just they get kind of an advanced screening yeah, sort you of thing. Get that nice notification by email. It's like, yeah. hey, Geek yeah. Out Loud is doing something new. Check it out. Yeah. In in the words of Ben Foster, Geek Out Loud is on. Geek Out Loud is on. I should start using that as the song for the for the YouTube song. Oh yeah. Oh my Lanta. Anyhow, um <laughs> on the I last have you heard that song? I don't have know I made if you I listen have. to that? No, I've not. And now comes privilege. the part of the show where Steve tries to find songs that he has no idea where they're at <laughs> on his uh, on his How about it? Dig on deep, his hard buddy. drive. Dig deep. I'm I'm about to. This um, is a quite a collection of songs as we've seen. Yes. So anyway, um, in the, on the low key launch, I started opening this 1990 box of. Uh, cards, you can see yeah, them right there where you're at. Right I've here. opened a few more off the off oh, the air, off air, just to kind of see what see. happened. Hey, and it was really fun. I pulled. Um, let me see if I can find it. Is oh that yeah, a hologram. It's a it's the Silver Surfer hologram Ooh, card. Look nice. how lame these things were back in the day. There's like a complete <laughs> white border. It looks like a it looks like an upper deck sticker from 1990. Like, yeah, I was say, is that a decal? Yeah, remember the upper deck stickers? Did the holograms oh, of the. Yeah. Uh, you collected baseball cards, oh, but yeah, they don't huge. act like you didn't. No, no, I was a big baseball yeah. card guy. My boys are now. And as Upper well. Deck did the hologram stickers in 1990. Right. Um, anyhow, uh, so I just I was doing it, and I'm like, yeah. gosh, this is so boring to watch. <laughs> and if it's I bad go when you're doing something boring, and if yourself. I go, well, I, I was loving it, but yeah. I was thinking if I were watching this right now, I'd be like, come on, just get to it, right. you know. Um, and so <clears throat> instead of continuing that, I'm like, well, let's make it rain Star Wars figures, and then look uh, at those. And I think I had one of the best jokes I've ever had in my life while I was going through uh, them. What was that? So I haven't watched all of it. I've just watched the first and well, I was bored. I went with modern. I went with modern. I don't blame you. You got bored and you yes. moved on. Exactly. Exactly. I, hey, from the analytics, everyone did that. Uh, so, um, so I'm, I'm, I, I, I just grabbed some modern Star Wars okay. figures, and I think there was like a. A Hoth Leia, okay. maybe a dead Dak from a Rex No Speeder right. set. Um, there was uh, Han in the uh, Sandstorm okay. get up. Yeah. Uh, Emperor Palpatine, of course, oh, you know, yeah. fitting. A Royal Guard, because I love Royal Guards. There was a Jawa. There was all sorts of things right. in there. And there was the Anakin, the spirit of Anakin figure that's all shimmery and glittery and everything. Viva Las Vegas, Anakin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Viva, I'm alive. <laughs> and, uh, Bring balance to the force, baby. Hey, there you go. I forget you do a great Elvis. Oh, only on the weekends. No, well, welcome to the weekend, everybody. <laughs> that's, that's it. Um, the, uh, and so I come to him. I'm panning the camera by him, and I'm like, and that's Anakin from the She-Ra Princess of Power collection. That's <laughs> <laughs> very fitting. Right? I right? All glittery and everything. That, I was like, what is that? What is this? <laughs> what is this? Oh, my God. Well, now that they've done in the Black Series the Obi-Wan spirit and the Yoda right. spirit, do you think they'll rock an Anakin spirit uh, Black Series? I, I don't know. I, I'd like for him to, to, to redeem the uh, She-Ra Princess version. Well, there's, uh, been a, there's been a huge demand. Um, I think for Hayden Christensen to be back. Oh yeah, and I, I think too. Well, you know, there's all kinds of speculation whether or not to believe this or that that's posted on the internet. But what if you know the ending of of Rise was different? What if he was actually there? Because uh, something was said. I, I read the other day. Again, take uh, believe what you want. It could right. be it's from an inside source that was affiliated with an outside source that once had a book about a cookbook by someone that liked Star Wars or something of such. But they had posted that J.J. Abrams' cut had 
you know, all the Force ghosts and Anakin was there. And, you know, if that had been there, then we'd say, okay, yeah, we'll probably get some more Force ghost figures, but I don't know about that. Look, we'll talk about Star Wars in yeah. a minute. What? But here's, <laughs> but here's, the, here's, here's my question. Right. The whole Abrams cut thing. Yeah. Is that a legit thing? Because Abrams, I mean, he's very particular when he comes into something about the kind of control he has. Oh, sure. He edited the heck out of The Force Awakens. I mean, like, The Force Awakens, he was editing right up until he had to let it go. Yeah, I mean, he, I think they did that. This like, J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams. Abrams. J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams is an editor. Aye. Aye, yeah. <laughs> For sure, and he is, my lad. I was I was with him last March and and he was like editing the heck out of that movie, um, but he yeah he 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 loves to edit something right. and 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 so when you watch The Force Awakens there were so many things and I guess this is one of the things that marked Disney Star Wars for a little bit was you'd see the trailer a lot of things in the trailer oh yeah that never showed up oh, Rogue in the One. final that cut was crazy. well Rogue One for sure but also in the Force Awakens yeah. stuff. Um, and the toys. Hello, Constable Zuvio. You know what I mean? <laughs> he made it. I think it's the Mandalorian. He so. did make it in the Mandalorian. Yes, like, he's like, yes, hey, yes. let's just repurpose it. I mean, JJ, I mean, Filoni pulled a George Lucas. Sure, like, yeah. oh, we have this character. We'll throw him in there. Throw him in the Mandalorian. <laughs> That's what we'll do. And, right, and Filoni's like, hey, John. <laughs> hey, Favreau. Listen, man. The fans will love this because they all bought Constable Zuvio's. Oh, yeah. And he was not, he was like in a frame. Of He's the been, Force Awakens, yeah. so let's just throw him in the bar here, and people will people will lose their minds. So yeah, eBay's blowing up. Yeah, people are buying consoles. I bet. <laughs> yes, I bet. I bet if you go to the right Ollies, you can find you can find them for like a dollar fifty. Yes, I guarantee. A sleeve of them. Yes. Or, uh, yeah. Hey, our Ollie still has like a peg full of Snokes. Oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah, peg true. full of Snokes. That's uh, that's my band name in high school. Peg full of Snokes. <laughs> We are peg full of Snokes. Thank you. Good night. Thank you, <laughs> you Roll Georgia. <laughs> we have been peg full of Snokes. <laughs> oh, oh my. So um, anyway, we'll talk Star Wars okay. in a minute. Okay, it's just it's part of us. Right, right. But uh, the Abrams cut thing, I yeah. got to go back to that. Yeah. Do you, I don't think that's necessarily a legit thing. Do you? I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's there's a lot that they trimmed. Um, and so we'll, we'll hopefully see that with the home release stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know. Well, it's, I, it's, it's different to see deleted scenes. Sure. Oh yeah. Then, then a whole, then you had a whole different yeah. perspective. Like this isn't like the Snyder cut of justice league. Right. How do you feel about that? By the way? Uh, I'm excited to, to possibly see if it ever gets released. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it's going to be like the Donner cut yeah. of Superman two. Yeah. Did you, uh, how did you see that? Uh, piece of business. I don't know if I ever did, honestly. Really? Because is the Donner cut has more to uh, his interaction with the uh, the general and everything, like in the when the powers are lost and all that, or is the, that he the Donner cut does actually has Jarrell instead of his mother at the okay. fortress, because the original Superman two, which to me for years and years and years of my life, I said this is the greatest superhero sequel movie ever. Right. Um, and it wasn't until C- Captain America: Winter Soldier came along. That that was bumped off its perch okay, for me, wow. and and to this and so it's still a very close number two to me. Uh-huh. I love Superman two. Yeah, I always have loved Superman. Well, I've loved 2. all those movies. Yeah, General, would you care to step outside? Oh, Golly. that was awesome. That's yeah. some awesome. When he comes out of that chamber, and 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 the General Zod is like kneel before Zod. Uh-huh. Now take my hand and swear eternally. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you just in that in that in that lone horn. Yeah. Beep, beep, 
Oh, yeah. Yes! I mean, I just remember as a kid, I'm like, this is the greatest thing <laughs> yes. ever. Superman tripped up. <laughs> Superman's the smartest. He's the greatest hero of all time. No one will ever beat Superman. <laughs> But then he goes back to the diner. Right. Oh, oh man. Yes. I've been working out. <laughs> I love how he does like he just pushes out from his chest. Oh, I've been working out. And then he puts the glasses up and he's yes. gone. Yeah. Gosh, Christopher Reeve was just the best. Anyhow. All right. In 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 the in the Richard Lester version, because of all the contra- controversy that went on behind the scenes. All the controversy that went on behind the scenes, my dear boy. Um he Marlon Brando's and I'm out. Okay. I'm out. Um, uh, Gene Hackman said, I'm out. And so they had to, for all the ADR, they had a voice double. Um, They had to repurpose his scenes as best they could. Um, Just about everyone had said, we're done. You know, I mean, only your main people kind of stuck around. You know, See, it makes me wonder what I've, which one I've seen. I mean, I know I've well, saw. If you grew up watching Superman two, you saw the Richard, you saw the original theatrical release right, of Richard of Lester. So in the Donner cut, though, uh, Laura L out, Jor L back in. I think I have seen it because so I, when he goes to the fortress, yeah. it's not just he sees a green glowy crystal, and then cut to Metropolis. Mm-hmm. He has a whole conversation with okay. Jor L. Okay, and Jor L actually shows like he goes from big head to hologram there you know okay and and basically touches clark in the chest and it's the father becomes the son the son becomes the son becomes the father the father the son and that whole prophecy then means something because jor-el is now all the all of the rest of the kryptonian energy and power that is there is now being imbued into Clark to get his powers back to restore him to what he was. Now, do we hear quotes from that cut then in Superman Returns? If I'm not mistaken, what they had in Superman Returns is they had unused footage and stuff. Oh, okay. Um, and and some deleted scene stuff that they actually repurposed and, okay. and put in the fortress right. in Superman Returns. I feel like I've I've learned something already. Yeah, I'm out. So, but but here's what here's the thing about the Donner cut in the in the original idea for Richard Donner and them. And it's one, and, and they use screen test footage at one point. You know, as you recall in Superman two, when Lois finds out, it's because she says, "Clark, could you hand me that brush?" And he trips over the right. pink bear, and his hand goes in the fire, and he's unburnt. Um, in Superman two, in the in in the screen test and the way it was originally written, they're having the conversation. Right. Lois is like, "I think you're Superman." She pulls out a gun, she fires at Clark, oh. and um, and he's like, "Lois." That was dangerous. The bullet could have ricocheted. The two things: number one, the bullet could have bounced off and hurt you. Number two, what if I was not Superman? Right, you would have killed Clark Kent. And she's like, with blanks. And he's like, dang it, you outsmarted me, woman. And so then they go off and do their thing. And um, when he comes back to Metropolis, I mean, you know, one the one, not only the squeezy hand moment. Another cool moment from Superman two is he lands on the flagpole. He looks there and the general, would you care to step outside? Right. Well, in the Donner cut, because Richard Donner didn't want anything in there to do with what Richard Lester had filmed. General, haven't you heard about freedom of the press? Come on now. Uh. Come on. <laughs> Come on. See, I feel like I've seen both versions in. Because yeah. that, that sounds familiar. Yeah. It, it's a little, you know, it, I think people thought it was going to be this grand thing and this right. great thing. But, like, the ending is the spinning the earth back as it was originally right. intended to be, which they moved to Superman the movie, you know, because they needed an ending right. there. And they would work everything else out as they were filming the two, finishing up two. And so I think that a lot of people are like, 
disappointed with it, but also like I didn't expect it to be, you know, this great thing. I love the stuff with Jorel. Right. I love, you know, it felt very Smallville to me at a time when Smallville was really right, hot. Yeah. Um oh, that brings me to another question. We'll and and um and so but as a as a full piece, it just, you know, the Richard Lester thing, a little less campy, a little less silly uh-huh. than that, but still, you know, I still love that Richard Lester, that original theatrical cut that I grew up with. It'll never, I don't think you can ever replace it in my heart. So what are you thinking about uh, the whole Arrowverse? Have uh, you seen any of those episodes? I've seen all of them up to what we're yeah. waiting for. Yeah. Was it next week? Yeah. Uh, so what do you think about the the Smallville I, here, aspect? I thought it was great. It, yeah. it was great to see Dude Tom Welling again. Oh, huge. He is like, he is like you've so You've been chopping bulky. a lot of wood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Someone pointed out that he had like a blue watch on, okay. and they say it could be blue kryptonite, and that's how he doesn't have any powers. Oh, um, you back. know, uh, I like I like the fact that Clark got his happy ever after with Lois. Yeah, um, it does kind of change the timeline. If it's 2019, there it changes the timeline a little bit of what was actually done okay. in in the originals in the in the Smallville finale and everything. Look, it's splitting hairs. It's neither here nor there. The only thing that I have about it is is the minute. Clark finds out that Lex Luthor and someone else are threatening to destroy the whole universe. Right. Clark Kent is not going to sit back and laugh about it with Lois. Like <laughs> yeah. it's going to be, no. you know, I have to go back. It's yeah. going to be, oh, yeah. I have to go back. You know, right, after yeah. he gets his butt kicked in the diner in Superman two, I have to go back. <laughs> Lois, I have to go back. Yeah. You know, it, that's what he, he's going to, he's going to do it again. But you know what? It was a great scene. It was wonderful to have those characters oh, on screen sure. again. Yeah, um, you know, more than that, Brandon Routh. Oh, wow. Was just so yeah. fantastic. I was going to ask you about him. that as yeah. well. So. Yeah. What'd you think? Oh, I loved it. I mean, I mean, I know there's a lot of, uh, I guess downplaying or skepticism about Superman Returns. I really loved it when it came out and everything. It's all that. Um, so to see him reprise that role and then in the kingdom come version, if you will, uh, I thought it was super cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, his hair needs a little work, but other than that, yeah. well, I mean, too, and and I know it's part of just the the comic perspective on things, but seeing him on screen twice, though, he's the Adam over here, right. he's you know Superman over here. And I'm like, ah, well, I appreciate that they, it. I appreciate that they addressed it. Oh yeah, too, it was like, you know? what's the deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's I, not like okay, we're just gonna just go and act like. It's and not I also really love that Lois like had the hots for every Superman they come in contact with. <laughs> every clutch is like, like hey. DNA yeah. drawn to <laughs> that's right. Kryptonian. That's right. It's, it's like inborn magnetism. And but it, it also revealed, you know, you mentioned how buff Tom Welling oh, is, or yeah. how thick he is. And then when you see Ralph put oh, on the yeah, suit, yeah. Ralph was you know really well built. And then you see Tyler Hecklin, the guy who's playing him now. And you're like, eh. I don't know. It's not like a fan Superman. Of that Superman. I really liked him until I saw him with the other Superman. <laughs> it's like you, you know what I'm saying. Like, like I was really like they found a really great Superman, and then I'm like, oh wow, he's a puny little fella. <laughs> you know, I sit over here in my fat seat, like, <laughs> oh well. <laughs> let me tell you about physical fitness, Tyler Hecklin. <laughs> We're gonna go run it. But this. I do like I like the persona that he brings to right. the character of Superman. I think he does a really good job with the. With the with the truth, justice, and the American way, with the you know being very squeaky clean and now up to this point, have they used him a lot more in Supergirl? Uh, because I saw I'm like, so behind. Okay, I'm so I am behind. Too. Yeah, I remember when he first showed up on Supergirl. Got, they gotta went, watch it. They went know. to Argo City or something. Yeah, I know he and that Lois, in, uh, so she could have a baby. Yeah, in the crisis. Yeah, first episode. And so two. yeah, and so I think that that's how they got him out of being around. Um, the the stuff that was just great that I I didn't know about and I heard about and so I went and watched 
were the Lex Luthor episodes okay. with John Cryer. You're telling me I've yet to watch those either. Dude, or John Cryer's Lex Luthor was just well, you know, he's he's Lex Luthor. In the, right. He is just it was um it was inspired. Huh. Like the the whole plot was just classic yeah. comic book villain stuff. It was like I I've been pulling the strings all along. I've been acting like this. Familiar. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I created Snoke. Um, we'll talk about Star Wars in a minute. Okay. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yes, excellent. Um, good. Oh my lanta, my phone is ringing. Um, silence. So where was I? Oh, the the the, the look. Listen. I'm just going to say the moment his plan comes to fruition, they start playing Mozart, like yeah. the sound, the, the Mozart music. And it's like what the greatest callback to Superman four you could ever make. Cause you know, he was Lex Luthor's nephew in oh, Superman yeah, four, yeah, John yeah. Cryer. And it's like, you can't call back with a nuclear man reference. You can't call back with like, Oh, he's an arms dealer. But when you call back with just Mozart, then the tune that Lex was whistling and, and telling everyone about it and that sort of thing, um, <clears throat> you can't, you know, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was, it was inspired. It was, it was genius. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, so I've, I've enjoyed like, look, I mean, there's a certain campiness you've got to acknowledge. Oh, sure. Yeah. But it's, but it's been good. Um, well, that's the thing. It's like, I'm behind on all of the DC Arrowverse shows. I just kind of checked out, you know, yeah. I, the, the flash was the one I was enjoying the most. And then, and then honestly, Season three felt repetitive to me. Like, oh, we got another speedster oh, who's speed going force. through time. Yeah, speed, speed force. Yeah, speed force. Oh, we're dealing with that again. Yeah. And so I, I really did check out. Also, I got just life and everything. Just yeah, kind of got wild and, and so, um, and so. But to be able to drop back in, it's just like here's the thing. This is what I think is good about those shows. It's just like collecting and reading comics. Oh yeah. You know, back in the day when I was a kid. I didn't get to get every issue of a comic book, you know, like it, it may be that I didn't get to the store in time to pick up the issue. It may be that they just didn't get the next issue, right. you know, like you never knew when you got, cause I didn't have a comic book store near me mm -hmm. and it was random places that I would be able to drop in that may or may not have comics that month. Right. And so, you know, I'd pick up a very random issue here or there and just have to kind of drop in where the story was. And then there was a comic store in in Waycross where my mother, where my grandmother lived, and we'd go cut grass for her every other week or so, and I'd get like ten bucks to go up there, and and so you just kind of grab what you could and drop in. And these shows have been like that for me. I'm like, okay, I don't know who that character is, right. but I'm kind of figuring them out just through some talent. Perfect. It's yeah, just like reading a comic yeah. book. Yeah. yeah, if you're able to jump in like that, that makes a world of difference. Yeah. So. Um, well, yeah, my, my oldest, he's he's followed the Flash from day one. Yeah. But that's the only strain. And I've jumped in and out of Arrow because mm -hmm. I, I like that. But yeah. uh, with all the rest, I've well, they're seen. doing the Superman show, Superman and Lois. Oh um, yeah, I did see that. You know, yeah. which which I'll definitely probably be checking out. Yeah. You know, I haven't. Have you watched Krypton? Krypton. Yes, I've seen all the first season. Yeah. How was it? It was good. Yeah. And it started out slow. My but friend it got Derek really, really likes yeah. it, and I just I've checked out only the first couple of episodes. Yeah. So. You get past the first couple, you'll be good. Uh, I like the first couple for what yeah. they were. I mean, I like that they weren't shying away from the name Superman and Kal-El right. and all this stuff, you know. Yeah, it's really good because, I mean, Zod shows. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. There. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's good. Um, uh, I only watched one episode of season two, so. Okay. Yeah. That just started recently, didn't it? Or uh, in the fall? Yeah, probably the fall. Maybe yeah. a little bit further back. I don't know. Um, 
you mentioned Teen Wolf beforehand. I was trying to think of the song they danced to in okay. the dance, and, and this was it. Oh, yeah. Remember this? Yes, you can see him doing it. He shows up as the wolf. I mean, this is 80s goodness yes. at its best. I mean, so I imagine that, you know, the actual what's happening. But then, too, my mind goes to Michael Jackson's Thriller, and they're dancing. Oh, the yeah, they were. Do- yeah, yeah. Same type dance. Well, they kind of, yeah, they kind of do the Thriller dance uh-huh. while they're doing it. And then this was like the big, you know, back in the 80s, when you had something that had any type of sport or any type of competition right. involved at the end, you had to have some kind of great inspirational sounding song. <laughs> and this is the one for... As they're playing that basketball oh, game, when he won't be the wolf at the that's end. That's right. And everybody's yeah. like, what? And, and they have to come together as a team. That's right. And beat them. Yep. Oh, and I can see them dribbling up and down the court. Oh, slow motion. The ball. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the sweat. I mean, they're like sweating like they're in a sauna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big guy's like shooting from half court, making shots. Yes. Yeah. And he I'm makes sorry. that face. The, the big guy who was also like the bad guy in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I was telling my kids yes. that the other day. I go, no joke. I was like, yes. <laughs> that was him. Yeah, taking a bath in a pool. Mad dog. Were they supposed to be children in Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Maybe. <laughs> Come on, Simone. Let's talk about your big buck. <laughs> Here we go. Of course. Wait, nope, I was wrong. Nope, he's gonna do a little musical interlude and then they're still making shots, man. Oh yeah, they're still in slow motion. And then everything drops out at the end when he's got to make the. Oh, and the dude's like underneath because the time's expired. And all you hear is him breathing. Does he make the last shot? Yeah, he makes those last shots. Does he? Yeah, because the guy's like standing there, the whatever. Oh, and he closes his eyes. Boom. Yeah, like it's the worst thing that's ever happened. The gym erupts. Yes, yes, and he goes and now. Yes, this is good stuff. I'm gonna win in the end. Classic um, movie. Now, this is not something that is Geek Out Loud material, and I okay. probably shouldn't bring it up, but oh. did you know in the original version of that movie, and it's been edited out of every video okay. um, release and TV release since, uh, since someone kind of pointed like out and found it. I myself. What about it's you? really weird. At the end, after he makes the shot and everyone's coming down, your focus is on his dad and Boof coming down to hug him and celebrate and everything. Right. Up over on the bleachers, over to the left, there's some dude that just unzips his pants and exposes himself. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's the most random thing in the world. Like, Why in the world? Because people are sick freaks, man. It was like the Little Mermaid. Remember that? The the yeah yeah the video yeah. Video cover. Yeah. I was like, yeah. what? I was in total denial, and then I pulled out our VHS copy like, of that. Yeah, I'm that's like, it. this is really strange. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, it's man. really weird, and I didn't know about it until I saw it on yeah. something like VH1 or whatever. But I think like they've they've figured out a way to edit it out or you know right. paint it out of every copy since oh, they release. It's but imagine being that guy. Hey man, I was an extra in Teen Wolf. <laughs> it's like, what'd you do? Completely dropped trowel at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Look for there I am. You know him and all his buddies went to the movie theater watching like I'm so awesome. It's like never worked another yeah. day again. <laughs> so well, um look. Uh let's talk Star Wars. Oh, please. Let's great transition. <laughs> great. Yes, man. Let me make sure I've covered everything. Marathon February 8th. 
YouTube channel has low-key launched. There's two videos there at the Geek Out Loud YouTube channel now. Like and subscribe. I think that's how it works. Is it? Yeah. Um, and, and along and along, there'll be more. I have big plans for that. Uh, I have big plans for everything. Yes. But, of course, none of them ever come to fruition uh, because I'm a failure. No. Uh, no, it's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, I've learned to live with it. It's all right. <laughs> Acceptance. As I say, I'd be, I'm comfortable with my inadequacies. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm very comfortable with that. Um and so, yeah, patreon.com slash geekoutloud. If you want to support the shows, you can do so that way. Uh, we, uh, we we have the Forceology course coming up. Shaz Bazaar will be here for the marathon on February 8th. We're going to be doing some special things for that. Um, I, don't, I don't want to announce it. I want to let it kind of be a thing until we know for sure it's going to happen. There's something we're trying to make happen that I don't know for sure will happen um, that we've talked about doing for a while. So we'll see. Um, and then... Um, what else is happening? Uh, what, what else is going on? Amazon links at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. All these things help support the shows and keep us up and going. And in 2020, we want to be up and going more than we were in 2019 and even 2018. So um, trying to bring Geek Out Loud back to being your safe place to geek out for show. Uh, all right. So do we start with Mando or, or Walker? Hi. I mean, it was just a, just a great time. It, the past, yeah, the <laughs> since, yeah, the past couple of months were just a fantastic time to be a Star Wars yes. fan. There was a moment in time when all of the all of the hateful voices ceased and people just started enjoying stores again. Yeah, and that came about due to the Mandalorian. So November, yeah, yeah, and um, and and I we got together. It was so right. much fun getting together yeah, to watch that, that premiere. Night, yeah. And and then just shout being, out to Buster and his crew. Oh well. yeah. yeah, and and dude, what was so cool was we were sitting there as they were talking about a fifty-year-old Target and all this stuff. We're like, who do you think it is? Who do you think it is? <laughs> oh, right. It's got to be a legacy character, right? Maybe it's Ezra. You yeah, know, we're we, all talking. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, it's just this baby Yoda. And what's and here's the thing. Star Wars culture. I you grew up in it. I grew right. up in it in the eighties. There were things that just suddenly caught on. With Star Wars fans, with with as, as kids, you know, that caught on with all of us, where you know the term Sith Lord, it, it was in some of the books and stuff, some of the made for children's books, yeah. but, but we all knew it, and it just kind of got into our our system. Mandalorian, I don't remember the right. first time we ever heard about Mandalorian armor, but we knew it, you know. Yeah. Um, all of these different things that 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 came about either because of an action figure or. Um, or just conversation that just kind of happened organically. That night, we were calling the child Baby Yoda. Right. Oh yeah. We hadn't been all on, we knew. We hadn't been online. There were no memes no. or nothing. We're just like Baby Yoda. We're going to call it Baby Yoda, and we were not alone. Oh, like yeah, everyone weren't. began to refer to it, and and so to me, that's one of those organic things that just happened. You can't manufacture that type of right. of of just madness over this marketing wise they dropped the ball oh yeah there should have been baby yoda merch way well, ready but for see i i understand that but at the same time you know as we see after the fallout of this or that or the reviews of this or snyder cut or uh, abrams cut this or that we live in a world now if there's just a, a inkling of a clue that they may have a baby yoda type figure coming mm -hmm. out all the world's going to know before it happens. Right. That's the thing. So I was is, glad that I that moment happened. And I was like, what? 
where you know we would have right. found out. Before. Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing. You're a man of means. You that's true. That. That's true. <laughs> there a man is born. He's a man of means. <laughs> then along come two. I didn't see that they one got coming. nothing but the jeans, <laughs> and they got different strokes. Oh, for different folks. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't remember. Different the strokes thing. to rule the world. I have to say, I love that show, but I didn't remember the theme song <laughs> quite the same as you did. Oh, wow. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so anyhow. Yeah, but yeah, if they if they I had mean, already look, put this I stuff get out, that. I known. get that. But at some point, you're Disney, and you're dealing with these toy corporations, and you can say, if you want the license, you're going to keep this under wraps, and it's going to be ready to hit shelves, you know, a week after this premieres or whatever, or at right. least start shipping stuff out. Like, don't even ship it out yet, you know, but get it going so it's ready for the Christmas season. We were in Gatlinburg last week. Check out the Big Honkin' Show for the stories of, of our Gatlinburg okay. adventure. Yeah. Um, and we went in, you know, they've got all the stores in downtown Gatlinburg right. and everything. We went in a Turvis Tumblr store, you know. Right. And they had... Where you got Baby Yoda? They had, they had advertised Baby Yoda's merch, uh, you know, for the Turvis Tumblr. Uh-huh. We walk in with the intention of, yes, we're going to get one of those yeah. for the fun of it. <clears throat> they just sold out of their last one 30 seconds before we got there. While we're standing there, within two minutes of us asking, some someone else walks in. Hey, you got the baby Yoda? No, we just sold out about wow. thirty seconds before these people walked in. It's just like, well, I mean, it's it's brought in all kinds of people. Well, it, Star that's Wars that's the thing though is it's it's just like Star Wars was originally. Like it is, it has captivated. But on top of the baby Yoda craze, the series itself was just. On point oh, all the yeah, time. It was, it was so you know, solid. To, to go back just a little bit to the Baby Yoda craze, I was with some teenagers. Uh, we went to a big deal, Extreme Winter, Gatlinburg, which actually I think we were going up while you guys are coming back or whatever, or vice versa. And they're talking about Baby Yoda. I was like, oh, you've seen the Mandalorian? He goes, no, I ain't seen any of that stuff. All I just know is Baby Yoda's going to take over the world. I mean, because they're all talking about Baby And none of them have seen the Mandalorian. And none of them realize that it's not really Baby Yoda. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, they've got to get him a name. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And, we'll and that's and that's going to be the real downfall is when they actually name the child, and it's something stupid like Sheev, <laughs> Oh, Sheev Palpatine. Yeah, I was waiting for that to come up. Grandpa Sheev, <laughs> yeah. Grandpa Sheev. <laughs> oh, Granddaddy Sheev. Uh, but you know, Favreau's kind of been well. At least what we see online is he was a little bit out of shape about you know Iger referring to it as Baby Yoda. Right. Everybody, you know, he's got a name, and you'll find out. So, right. Yeah. It's kind well, of uh, yeah. So. We've got to uh, let me let me work on this here and um, and while we while we do this thing, so do you remember a favorite moment or episode of the show of the Mandalorian? Yeah, uh, you know, you know, from the onset, I was like, this this is legit, this is good stuff. Um, probably, you know, so one we've got okay, we're introducing the character. One we we run into okay, this is this is the uh, Baby Yoda, you know. Game changer here. Episode two, he's trying to figure out what it is. We have the incident with the the mud horn, which is pretty powerful. Mm-hmm, We're mm-hmm. all like, this dude's got force ability. Do all of baby Yodas have force ability? You know, everybody in that uh, that species. Three, that's when the jaw dropped, okay? You know, he goes back, you know, takes back the, uh, um, meets the client, gives him baby Yoda. Then he goes back and, and takes baby Yoda back, which is awesome. And then all those Mandos at the end. I mean, it just blew me. And I don't think we, because we've watched many of them together on Fridays. Mm-hmm. I think that episode was Thanksgiving week. Or were we together? 
don't no, we got to watch on there because remember he salutes him at the oh, end. Oh yes, yeah, so <laughs> and I was like, that's kind of weird. Yes. Oh, that one. It just it was awesome. I mean, that was my that favorite. That was yeah, that was I mean, a good moment. That, uh, was, that was really cool when you know you see that that missile come up over, but what in the world? And here all comes all the mandos. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my favorite up to that point, and then yeah. it just kept getting yeah. better and yeah. better. I have to say though, um, I think it was six when you got the ragtag you know mm-hmm. group and they go to the prison deal. Right. First time I watched it, I watched it with you, yeah. and I was in a hurry and it didn't really right. set in. Right. I watched it again. I was like, "Whoa, this is really good." I watched it again. Oh, I, I love yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Got that one got better as <laughs> oh, you watched it, it, and it's just gotten better every time. Yeah, and uh, the uh, the a lot of people were freaking out over the finale. I enjoyed the finale, right? But it was no, it was by no means my favorite. No, it's not fair. But there's a lot of great stuff. There's there. a lot of stuff, and then the end scene of him cutting his <laughs> way out of that tie fighter with the dark saber. Yes, so cool to see the dark saber in live action. Oh, I know that was um, really powerful. And you know what? And it shouldn't surprise any of us that. That the dark saber's in play, does that mean Sabine is dead? You know, does well, she that mean she passed that off? Remember in Rebels, she doesn't have the dark saber. Does she not? I thought no, she did. She passed it off to, uh, oh, what's her name? Sister. Oh, I can't remember. Sister. Sister. <laughs> Bo-Katan's sister. Whoever was, uh, oh, so the red hair. I can I can see her face right now. Well, it's, it's in Star Wars Rebels, but yeah, she. You know, she's uh, holding on to it. Whoever is worthy, you know, the whole worthy aspect to have the dark saber. Right. She passes it off to her, and so she's the ruler of the Mandalorians or whatever. No, no Katan. Um, someone, someone in the chat will obviously know, but maybe this person will know. Let's bring him in here really quickly. Um, please. Lightning and the thunder. Cam Hopman. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. How's it going, man? Oh, good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Cam, is there anything you want to announce here on the Geek Out Loud? I, I, I don't know, Steve. Is there something I should be announcing on Geek I, Out Loud? I don't know. I don't want to step in and announce anything for you. That's none of my business. Oh, oh sorry. You know, I forget sometimes because I'm not the one dealing with the majority of the nonsense that comes along with it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm having my own baby Yoda. That's Thanks. right. Hey. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I should have had a different... Hey, and just so you'll know, in a few minutes, we're going to do that bit again, Cam, so you can be more prepared. <laughs> All right. All right. So is, this, and, is this the first, I guess? And, That's the first one, yeah. Oh, game changer. And awesome. I, yeah. I, too, I, too, will be more prepared. In fact, Cam, let's try that one more time. Hey, Cam, welcome to the Big Honkin' Show. Do you have any announcements you'd like to make before we get going? Oh, Steve, I have a very, very important, uh, earth-shattering announcement to make to everyone because this is going to affect everybody at Geek Out Loud, Big Honking Show, and really everything else. I, Cameron Hopman, Thunder Cam, is having a baby. (laughs) Congratulations. All right, so that's how it's going to – now, look, I don't want to give you any notes on your performance. (laughs) But I'm, also, to, but I'm about to. <laughs> but I'm a, but I'm about to. Cam, you don't have to drag it out that long. It'll. Steve, it, Steve I'm a TV meteorologist. <laughs> That's my entire job. I have to talk about the fact that it's raining and take ten minutes to say <laughs> we've got some rain coming down right now. <laughs> Do you guys self a favor. Look up Larry David on the Today Show talking uh, to Al Roker. 
and doing the weather with Al Roker. It was it was beautiful Good this stuff. morning. <laughs> I still let me tell you something, Cam. I still peruse every almost every day or every other day news bloopers on YouTube hoping that someone will catch you know just hoping you're there (laughs) (laughs) it's my only career aspiration is not to be on youtube (laughs) and meanwhile you got a guy down in south down down north georgia that's like man i hope cam's on this (laughs) news bloopers february 2020 can't wait i'm wishing for his failure that's great let me well here's the thing you've got a child on the way those sleepless nights those that's really like you're going to be there bleary-eyed looking in the camera and you're going to say something like you know, DD Mega Doo Doo. One heck of a storm coming our way, guys. Oh, oh that's a bad one. I can't wait. It's going to be great. I so, hope not. We'll see. We'll now, see, hopefully. Now, Cam, do you know um, who the Darksaber went to? Uh, I thought it was Bo Katan and Rebels. That's right? what I thought yeah. as well. And then I'm, getting this, I'm getting this from, uh, from Shaz Bazaar as well. It was Bo Katan. Okay. No, Sabine okay. did not have yeah. it. She passed it off. So, yeah, she passed it off after the whole because she created the super weapon, right? Right. Yeah. While yeah. she was a cadet, yeah. yeah. Well, she helped. Well, no, she was. Uh, she was creative. I thought she. Yeah, I thought she oh, was like the. So okay. she's like heartbroken over that when they bring it and they, right. you know, they've destroyed Mandalorian. And then she reworks it and boom. Okay. And then attacks stormtrooper armor. Which, but isn't she leading which means plastic? Man- right. Isn't she know. leading Mandalore at the end of Rebels? Uh, no, because she's going with Ahsoka to go find Ezra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's but, not leading Mandalore. But Ahsoka came and got her to do so. Ahsoka the White. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ahsoka the Gandalf. <laughs> Hold on, guys. Give me just a second here. Let me. Uh... You're, you're looking it up? Yeah, of course I am. Of oh, course see, I am. Google ruins all conversations. Oh, there's no Google happening. He's no, probably I'm not... watching Disney Plus. I trust that. <laughs> Look, I trust that it's um I trust that it's it's Bo Katan. If if Chaz Bazaar says it, it must be so. What I'm doing is Who cares what up, you said? It's just what Chaz said. Yeah, it doesn't matter what I said. <laughs> what I'm yeah. doing is I'm pulling up this uh this whole uh thing here. Um let's see, there goes Ezra. I couldn't have wished for a better family. That's precious. I can't wait to come home. All right, so there's Sabine with her short hair. You watching the final episode? Yeah, this is the last few minutes. Okay. The attack we all anticipated never I hear came. They're maybe revisiting Rebels. She too. stayed on Lothal. Yeah. That's right. She was on Lothal. Okay, that's what I. That's all I need to know. She stayed on Lothal. That's correct. Okay. Now, really quick, was that a? Me- that was an old message from Ezra, right? That or was. Do I have to go back and rewatch Rebels. That was Ezra's last message to them as he was getting ready to sacrifice himself to defeat Thrawn with the with the hyperspace squid whales. Oh, hyperspace squid whales. Mm-hmm. Every time. The best. Every time. They get me every time. <laughs> they get, it works. At, hey, those hyperspace squid whales. I wish they would have made some uh, figures. You wanted me to tell you a good story. <laughs> you don't want to talk. My maneuver at the Battle of Tanab went as thusly. <laughs> The hyperspace squid whales were coming in on my starboard side. Tell you, get some of those involved in Star Tours, and that would be the best park attraction ever. Well, look, they've had opportunity to do some great things with Star Tours with all these new. Like, there should be a Kessel Run option in one of the oh, Star yeah. Tours yeah. deal. You know, to Solo. to miss the big old thing, and you could have the whole thing get drugged into the Steve Solo only made four hundred million dollars. So, but it was a good movie, though. I know. I'm not. I was being sarcastic. 
Well, <laughs> but but the thing is, is unfortunately, you're right. I know. You know, um, I haven't watched Solo as much as maybe I should. You know, I'm thinking about it with so Star Trek. It'd be hard because a lot of it is pulling from behind of them. So how would they change the camera? View? Sorry, I'm overthinking it. Well, you can see things rushing at you as you're <laughs> yeah, getting backed up. You know, but you still don't see the big beast. And and it's not going to take forever. It's not going to be long. Well, yeah, you sure you can see the big beast? Well, I mean, you, never mind. I mean, like the Rathtar got on the front of the Falcon, was like, oh, 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 and then he went into hyperspace right through him. That's true. Hey, Steve, what was that? The the Rathtar in the Force Awakens got on the Millennium Falcon and went, oh, 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 oh. oh that's it. Yeah, he does. I think it was a little higher pitch. He's that. got some weird tongue thing. That's go- look. I'll pull it up right now, guys. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> I don't dread it. I'll pull it up right now. Who do you think you're dealing with? Some oh, amateur podcast. And now, welcome to Geek Out Loud, where we just sit around and make weird noises at each other, because we're a bunch of freaks. Yes. <laughs> but doesn't his tongue, like, go over the windshield does, and everything? It does. Yeah. It's uh, almost Probably. a throwback to the Minox, yeah. It uh, is a throwback, and he's got a weird suction cuppy thing that goes yeah. on there. So, let me, I'm pulling it up right now. You ever seen a Rathtar? Those figures were terrible. Oh my gosh. Oh, they were. They're on clearance, so thanks still. Balatik. $2. Balatik and Good Rathai. to see you. Good Putting those little you. arms on it was hard. Mm. Oh, did you get that set? Uh, one of the boys got it. It's like, Dad, can you put this together? It's like three hours later. I can't get these things to stay on. Tell that to Conja oh, yeah. Club. You should have told him to tell that to Conja <laughs> Club. <laughs> the That's... tentacles always fell off. Fell off. Yeah, yeah, they did. They couldn't stay on. Super glue them. Did, it was fun throwing Balatik inside of the Raptor. Could you throw him in there? Yeah, like the mm-hmm. so the entire thing is hollow, and you just tossed any of your figures right in. It was great. Oh, that's fun. You could just toss them in there. Just toss them right in. You it's had like to, you had you didn't have to place them. No, 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 no. You did throw them did you the have a did you have a Rancor Lucas growing up? A toy Rancor? Uh, no, I did not have one till later in life. Cam, did you? I am looking at mine right now. Is it is it yours from childhood? Now you're young. Are you younger than us, though? Uh, yeah, this is the power of the force one. Okay, okay. so this is like from the nineties, late nineties. Yes, okay, Because I'm just wondering, do you know anyone probably. that lost a figure inside their vintage Rancor? Oh, was it hollow on the inside? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Now the mouth was real small. Yeah, that thing is all over the. It's like sucking on the Falcon like a bottle or something. <laughs> It is the weirdest looking. Like, there's a shot that was just really. Yeah, that, it's got an eyeball for a tongue or something. <laughs> got the some com, some move milker put a compressor <laughs> on the hyperdrive. Move milker bypass the compressor. <laughs> All right. So anyhow, so Cam, we're talking Mandalorian stuff here, and yes, sir. we were. Um, <laughs> we were. <laughs> how'd you? <laughs> How'd you feel about the old Mandalorian? <laughs> I loved it, man. Oh gosh, it's so good. It's so good. I um, you know, I, I really. I mean, I've said this before. I'm I'm kind of a Star Wars music nerd. I, I just love it. I listen to it all the friggin' mm-hmm. time. And, uh, this is no exception. This, just right off the top of that first episode, and that music drop, man. Oh, the that theme awesome. song is spectacular. The, it's the, so great. The theme song is such an interesting thing to me because I think one of the magic things about the theme song is I've seen people like do it in like 80s style synthesizer <laughs> mm-hmm. and it works so well as that, you know, and then there's like 
I've, I've, you know, seen where people have talked about orchestrally how it works and everything. The thing about Ludwig Göransson is he did the score for Creed. Yeah, you can tell that for sure. Yep. And oh, um, you can hear, you can definitely hear some Rocky. In there. He's mm. got some Bill Conti in him for show as he is as with with that theme and all. Let me pull that up really quickly because it's really interesting. It starts out here very uh, in what's the man's the spaghetti western? Yeah, spaghetti western. Mar- Marconi. Marcone. Yeah, Marcone. Yeah, um, and that's what this kind of feels like, you know, with just the not really. This isn't a pan flute, is it? It is. So is it a pan flute? Oh, yeah. They were the when they were doing the panel. Ludwig uh, was saying when they were asking him about the theme song, he was saying, you know, what's the one thing Star Wars hasn't done yet? And he had a pan flute next to him. He's like, we'll do pan flutes. Nice. And that's how they started out with. <laughs> Somebody with get Zamfir on the line. Remember Zamfir? <laughs> oh no. Give me a minute. Oh no. <laughs> I should just say yes. <laughs> Oh. And here we go. Then you come into the yeah. credits and everything, and this still sounds like that classic Western mm-hmm. spaghetti theme. You oh, know, it's... spaghetti Western theme. Yes. You've got the you've got the whole, even like just the way the dingoes and it has that little bit of echo on it. You know. We loved episode six when you know he'd show up in the hallway sneaking up and yes. you'd hear that chime in. Yeah. Like this thing's gonna go down right now. Oh man. You talking about the Mandalorian as Batman? And here's oh, the rock. Yes, here's yes. the Rocky music. Yes. Yep. I always picture that scene when they're traveling on the deals. Uh, I think it's in episode two, or it's chapter two. Yeah, when they're traveling around on those. What are, what are those things called again? The uh, blurgs. 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 Yeah, yeah. When the ride knows. That's, that's in the first episode. Is it the first? Yeah, when they're yeah, tracking out cool. to the place. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But now here's where it gets crazy. It's about to go into Gremlins territory. Well, first it's got to go back through the rocky stuff. All right. But it's going to get into Gremlins territory here in a minute. It's really weird. Like, I love it. Don't I'm not dogging it. It's just like it's this weird progression from Western to Rocky to Gremlins. (laughs) Yeah. Here it is. Oh no! This is the more Rocky. Sorry, more Rocky. This is more. Here it is, right here. What I love about it is there's like more than a B section. There's like C, D, E, F sections. And then back to Rocky. Yeah, it, it, that is. It goes. It, it it doesn't like you don't have um, like an A and B C kind of repeating itself. You're right. It goes in like a to a D section and an E section. You know, because it does. It goes from spaghetti western to a little bit bigger spaghetti western to Rocky to triumphant Rocky right. to Gremlins <laughs> and then back to big triumphant Rocky. <laughs> it's great, man. It's it is good stuff. It is. It really is. It it's it's one of the. It's one of the more successful things from this show. Um, did you have a favorite episode, Cam? I, I honestly like. I think it's probably two. Uh, so, and which is episode two being my favorite is not something I thought I'd ever say in my life. <laughs> but here we are with the Mudhorn uh, and yeah, the Jawas. No, that was that was a reference to. Never mind. Yeah, uh, I got you. So, <laughs> listen, I'm looking for Zom Fear of the Pan Flute. <laughs> So, right now. Steve, Steve's on pan flute watch. I'm over here just vamping for him. Um, so, you know, yeah, episode two uh, was spectacular. Because not only do you get uh, that awesome... <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the pan flute listen along. Yes. Hold on, here we go. Here's the, here's the commercial. Oh, wait, there's actually, there's actually a commercial. I forgot that I was logged into the wrong YouTube account there. 
I mean, have you never seen this, dude? Like, let's see if I can see it. You've heard his hauntingly <laughs> beautiful music in movies, on radio and TV. He's Hold sold on. over 20 million <laughs> records around the world. I, I'm going to buy my tickets right now. See it now. How many 20 million records? Oh, my stars! That magical instrument with the unforgettable sound. It is a magical now, instrument. magnificent all-new collection. Some fear plays the I just picture uh, some beautiful melodies. from mythology pan out there, a little half goat guy playing that part of the <laughs> soundtrack. It's like, okay, I'll go with that. Come on, everybody knows about Zomphir, the master of pan. Like, here's the thing when this commercial aired back in the day, I'm watching cartoons, and all of a sudden they're coming up with old Zomphir commercial, and I'm like, <laughs> nobody's ever heard of this guy. <laughs> And here he is. And here he is on the uh, on the Mandalorian soundtrack all these years later. Of course, he may be, y'all, he may be dead. I don't know. Let me. Fact check. Yeah, I'm about to. Let's oh, see. Okay. Uh, no, he's still he's still active. 1941 from Romania. Huh? Oh, thank yeah. God. He's, so... he's still alive. So we can make fun of him, guys. It's okay. okay. He's only, look, he's only in his, uh, well, he's going to hit 80 this year. Oh, so. I think No, so. 60 this he's year. He's still getting no, it done. Yeah, he's only hitting still 60, so he's young. Man, he was young back in the day when he was doing that and all big in the 80s and everything. So what really about Chapter 2? Okay, because nothing's sadder than a pan flutist with bronchitis. Oh, yeah, that's true. Flautist, excuse me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> chapter 2 of The Mandalorian. Why did you like yeah, that? Yeah, so that was awesome. Chapter 2 was, buddy. Um, what did you think of that one? So, yeah, Chapter 2... <laughs> Chapter two is uh, not only you get the great fight at the beginning and everything like that, baby Yoda cuteness right off the top. He's adorable, wonderful, fantastic. Um, the uh, Jawa chase scene, man. The oh, yeah. Sandcrawler chase scene was so much fun. Yeah. Did that was such a blast to, to kind of see that. And I'm still trying to figure out. So these are technically off world Jawas. Yes. They have the red eyes. They're somehow different from the Tatooine ones. Right. Now, how do they get there? The universe. Hey, life finds a way, man. <laughs> the Force finds a way. Yeah. The Force finds it a way. It could have been a couple of them stowed away from somewhere. Like, how do we know that Tatooine is their place of origin? Uh, I mean, that's true. That's yeah. a good point. And yeah. why would why would Sam people want to slaughter Jawas? Look, there's the Ganthy, there's the there's there's Gaffy sticks, Bantha tracks. Yeah. I've just never heard him hitting anything this big before. <laughs> nice. They didn't, but we were meant to think they did. <laughs> Does he say something about uh he says, the blaster these, marks? He said these blast points, only these Imperial blast points are too precise. Only Imperial troopers are so precise, <laughs> which means That's they were just blowing all over the place. <laughs> yeah, they, had, if they, hit it, they were like a, it was like Iranian missiles just going off wherever they, you know, wherever they happened That's my to hit. Thing, really quick, we saw we saw a Tuscan Raider hit a pod racer going full speed in Bunta Eve. Mm-hmm. From what? A quarter mile away. Yeah, with his old sniper rifle. And 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 stormtroopers can barely hit the Han and Luke. Well, they played with that. Away. They played with that on the Mandalorian oh, with the biker cool. scouts. A couple of that different. Was, nods uh, the Sadakis moment was so good. Yeah, yeah, and then the uh, yeah, and then when he's like, uh, "Oh, so you don't hit anything?" I was a, I wasn't a stormtrooper, you jerk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's a sharpshooter. I wasn't a stormtrooper. <laughs> then you got those guys can't hit a, nothing. Yeah, that's what that's I'm saying. The, the biker scouts yeah. shooting the can. Uh, How'd you uh, feel about him punching Baby Yoda? Ooh. Oh, talk about villains of the year. Yeah. <laughs> 
It seems to get some. Year is very young, but those guys. A lot of people seem to be up in arms about that. Can't be doing that, man. You can't be hitting Baby Yoda. No, that's what they got their comeuppance though. IG took care of them. Yeah, matters. Was glad to see IG back uh, doing his thing. Um, And I'll tell you something else that I didn't. I I noticed the other night for the first time. I was watching um, the Clone Wars episode Hostage Crisis that has a couple of IG droids in it. Okay. And and sure enough, one of the IG droids, like part of his head moved, like the eyes moved around yeah. before the rest of his head, just like the IG droid did. On, and I'm like, oh, so that was already established that they move like this, you know? Nice. It was just a real cool, cool situation. I thought so. Yeah, he was a, he was an intense droid. It was cool to watch him. Oh man, yeah, that's well, you know, when my boys were watching it with me later, and you know they're punching Baby Yoda, and they're like, what? What's going on? Oh, he's gonna get him. He's gonna get him. Sure enough, when he shows up, they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." He like it was on. <laughs> it was that was so like the whole thing of like we're on the run, and he gets down there with the uh, with what are they calling her? The Mandalorian um, forager person, like oh, the Huntress. That. Yeah, is that what she's called, the Huntress? That's what it was. Yeah, there's, there's some name that's been out there. Well, all was, I know is Fort? she took out those stormtroopers. Oh. It was awesome. Oh, like, oh man, you can see the plastic amazing. coming off when she bust them in the face and stuff. I'm just oh, like, this yeah. is rough. It was it was reminiscent of um, Chirrut. You saw a little bit of that when he beats up stormtroopers there in Rogue One. Oh, you yes, see little yes, chips yes. of plastic flying yes. off and everything. Yeah, yeah. So well, that good. one goes into the, the fire. Or the the, um, oh yeah, the the smelting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he gets like, smelted. He ain't coming out of that. <laughs> he, yeah, he got smelted. <laughs> he smelted. <laughs> An unfortunate smelting accident. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I like gold. <laughs> the, the armorer. The armorer. Thank you. Okay. The huntress. Where do you get the huntress, the huntress from? Armorer. I watched a trailer for. Oh, Birds of Prey. The other day and. For Birds of Prey? That's it. Okay. Yeah. That's the one. I haven't watched the trailer yet. Is, I didn't know that was... Yeah, I saw where... The, did they pull the trailer down before it got... I don't. Something happened with that yesterday, didn't oh, yeah. it? Hmm. Oh, did they pull it down? I, I don't know. I saw it, I thought, on a legit account. Maybe I didn't. No, I, I got an email about it, like from Warner Brothers. Like I'm like, why am I getting an email from Warner Brothers? Like, it's a big deal. Here's the Birds of Prey trailer, and I didn't get to watch it. And then I saw something on Twitter, like people all like complaining. They pull it down. Everyone's complaining about that now. You know, yeah, people on Twitter are. So I don't know if it got pulled down or not. Is someone else? Um, yeah. Um, hey, Jar Jar Binks makes a point here in the chat. He says the stormtrooper joke is getting old. It makes the Empire joke. It removes all threat. I don't think that the idea of stormtroopers is that they are deadly shots. I think the idea is the the sheer number of them. It's like battle droids right. in the in the Clone Wars. The, you have enough battle droids, and though they may not be as adept at fighting as um, as a uh, as as clone troopers are, you get enough, and it's just an overwhelming force. Yeah. You know, and well, I, I think, think it's that's that the idea. One, and then two, I think it is some of the joke with the. Last episode with Sudeikis punching Baby Yoda and they're aiming for the whatever was on the ground. The one guy brings the blaster up to his ear and shakes it and it sounds like a paint can. <laughs> so I think it's also kind of says to how good their equipment is. Right. I think their blasters probably aren't very good too. Well, yeah, and that and and as far as like there, yeah, five years after the yeah the fall of the Empire for sure. They're taking it to the army maintenance. <laughs> um. The uh. The the. But also, it's a joke that spins out of our heroes getting away 
in the original, like it's been around since the original trilogy. You know, they're oh, running yeah. from stormtroopers, stormtroopers are shooting and missing and that sort of thing. But that's just a classic movie trope. You know, right. like you can't have, you can't have people, you can't have your heroes just getting shot, you know, and the end of movie, right. you know, oh, these people <laughs> are good shot. End of movie, you know. Oh, that was so great. Yeah. Done. I did. Did you guys see the trailer edit for when the last uh, Rise of Skywalker trailer dropped and it showed, or no, the first one? showed Ray flipping over the TIE fighter or whatever. It shows Ray running in the desert and Kylo just blasts her and it just says directed by J.J. Abrams. <laughs> 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 like, I got a pretty big laugh out of that one. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> oh. So... Yeah, um, we, we went and saw the movie the first time. Uh, that scene when they're at... Uh, oh, what's the name of the planet? Where they're having the big party. Pisana. Uh, Pisana. So, and you know, yeah. they go out there and it's the quicksand stuff and they go down and they're all gone mm-hmm. for that moment where there's nothing. One guy in the thing goes, Well, that was a short movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it. And that guy, and that guy was Lucas. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Truth be told, I'm glad I've come out here in the air and told everybody. <laughs> it's about time I told someone this. Um, so, <laughs> all right, really quickly, guys, we're going to, we'll break there real fast. The other night, Haley and I were fortunate enough, and I do have audio of our post-movie meetup with John Eddie Lowe and his wife and kids, and his dad was with us, and we talked, you know, our immediate reaction to Rise of Skywalker. I've only had a chance to see it once. One time is the only time I've seen The Rise of Skywalker, but I want to say this, I, and I've told other people this, that I don't know how J.J. Abrams did it, um, but I absolutely came away loving it. I, I thought they did a stellar job. I went in with my arms crossed saying, impress me, you have a lot of work to do to win me back to to this saga to to what you've done my i was going to go through life with my star wars being episodes one through six and maybe rogue one here or there maybe solo if i'm in the right mood um but just the sequel trilogy i was just going to be done with like i was fully prepared that you know we've got the mandalorian and i'm perfectly happy with that because i love that show and so my whole thing going in was like, you're just going to have to impress me because I, I don't think I'm going to be impressed. Um, the opening crawl began it all. When, it, you know, the first line of the opening crawl is the dead speak. I was like, oh, my goodness, what in the world? And and like there, there was no fancy reveal. It was like there's been a transmission go out in the galaxy from with the voice of Emperor Palpatine. And now everyone's like, what in the world? And so you get that great whole montage of Kylo Ren looking for what I was initially calling the Sith Holocron, but it's the Wayfinder. And when he comes upon Palpatine, I think we decided that's like a, it was like a zombie Palpatine, like that was his decrepit body they put back together. It wasn't necessarily a clone, even though it looked like a, it looked like there was a, a, a jar of formaldehyde, formaldehyde. How do you say that word? Formaldehyde. formaldehyde with um with snoke in it so it looked like maybe snoke was cloned but within that within the first little meeting of palpatine and kylo ren and everything like you get 
you get the explanation that, you know, who is Snoke? Where did Snoke come from? Well, Palpatine made Snoke. He, he, he was the one who put Snoke in power and all this stuff. And so immediately, you know, everything that had been all the goodwill, and I had goodwill eventually with The Force Awakens after The Force Awakens going in The Last Jedi. And I can say it now that all the goodwill that had been sapped um, from me by The Last Jedi began to be restored as things went along and along in that movie. And and the more that movie went along, the more I just, I just came to the point where I just loved it. And all of the things that I've had problems with since the first... Star Wars movie of the sequel era, I still have problems with. I still don't like the fact that they're not using George Lucas's visual language. I don't like the fact that, you know, there are no wipes. The camera had a lot of motion in this. There were a lot of handheld camera shots and moments. And, 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 but here's what I came to the slow mo that's not in a, that's not in a vision, you know, and here's what I came to with that. I didn't care, but are we back? Are we here now? Stupid phone, stupid spam callers. You can put it in do not disturb. Why would anyone do that? I don't, I'm not putting it in do not. What if there's an emergency? Okay. I can't do that. So anyhow, um, where was I? I don't know. My uh, point is the, the visual language. So yeah, th there was stuff in there that I'm like, ah, okay. But it never bothered me because the story sucked me in. And this story was an emotional roller coaster ride. Like, I tried not to get emotionally invested in anything that was going on. But, like, man, it would be, like, the most dire circumstances. And then all of a sudden, someone would swoop in and save the day. Like, every 10 minutes, it was like that, it, it seemed like. It, my wife, Haley, says it was exhausting. And it was. I mean, like, but that's the thing, though. It was so much of what George Lucas had originally done with Star Wars that... But it was ramped up to 11 because the whole purpose of those old serials is, is you would go through like a 10 minute, 13, 10 to 13 minute little one shot, you know, thing that was to be continued next week. And it would always end on a cliffhanger. And that's what happened. We just got cliffhanger after cliffhanger after cliffhanger after cliffhanger. And it just got, you know, and you would, you would, you would rise up just like the theme. You would rise up and fall back and then rise up to victory and fall back, you know, until ultimately you got the big victory at the end. And, and it was just, it was, it was fantastic. There were things that I thought I would absolutely roll my eyes at and not like, i.e. Zori Bliss. And I came away really digging Zori Bliss. I want to see more of that character. I want to see a Poe and Zori Bliss series on Disney Plus, even though uh, Oscar Isaac said, nope, not at all. Um, I think that'd be a fun, a fun thing with the chemistry they had. And, and the backstory that is apparently there, I think that's a great thing. Spice Runner. A Spice Runner, yeah. I love the idea of um, of Ray and, and, and just going to live out her life on Tatooine uh, the way. Yeah, we're jumping right to the end here. Babu Frick was a thing that I didn't think I would like at all. I thought, oh, great, here comes something stupid. But it was not. It, he really was just a cute little fun character. It wasn't like the Porgs. The Porgs are cute. They're wonderful. They're great. 
and there were just too many. It was too much. Like, we kept going back to that. Babu Frick was a great, cute little character that moved the story along. He was kind of Ewokish, you know? He moved the story along. He had a point. He had a purpose. And I absolutely loved it. What I saw on... Um, online that I'm like, I got to get online and say something now. I've got to say something now so people know that I thought about it. Um, and that is when Ray has the dagger, when she finally has the dagger in her possession, they're standing there on the shore and she looks at it and she pulls the little thing out and it's got like the red pointer on the end and she holds it up to the horizon to where it fits right to the right spot on the, on the broken death star. Um, I said in the theater, it's Goonies. It's a Goonies moment. It's a Goonies moment. And then I saw someone else post something similar to that online, or Haley showed me. And it was. It was such a Goonies moment. But this is where Abrams did fantastic with this movie. Because not only did he give us an action-packed Star Wars adventure, that they really leaned into like heavily the quest aspect of fantasy in this that he did the whole Ming Never Dies of the old Flash Gordon serials. There were the cliffhangers here and there. But also, it was like callback city to old 80s classic tropes and movies. Go watch the Palpatine scene where he's finally defeated in the end, and I'm getting chills thinking about that moment. Go watch that scene and, and tell me you don't get Raiders of the Lost Ark vibes from that when everyone's faces are melting off as they open the Ark. That's exactly what that looked like. That was exactly what that invoked in me. Um, you, you know, I was, I've been talking to some people. I talked to someone who's like, oh, they wanted their in-game moment, you know, with all the different Jedi showing up, not just hearing their voices. I didn't need that. I, I thought that what Ray had was, was great, and I think that the one... Of course, really, look, have they done it? Would I have loved it? Yes. Did I did I miss it? Kind of, but am I mad about it? Not at all. I loved hearing the voices. I love having to decipher out the voices. There are voices that I missed, that I know are credited at being in that segment. Um, you know, I, I know that, that I, that's one of the reasons I want to go back and see it. I've only seen it the one time. Um, the but for me the end game moment even though it was shown and you knew it was coming because it was shown in the trailer the shot was shown in the trailer um is when they're losing it is all is lost um and and they no one's coming the fleet's not coming and um and they swing around a star destroyer and here they are they're all coming in and not only did that, not only was that just a great moment, but like I'm trying to identify every ship that's there. I'm trying to see everything that's going on. And apparently in that moment, I was beaming. Apparently, because this is what Haley said to me afterwards. She said, I, for the first time in my life, I saw a Steve I've never met before. I saw little Steve, who must have been the child that just loved this stuff. And it's true. I was absolutely over the moon with it because I'm like, look at that, look at that, look at that. But it also reminded me of the shot in episode three, uh, just from a different vantage point where as the camera pans down and you're, and you're following Anakin and Obi-Wan and their fighters and they go over the, the bow of the Star Destroyer, there's the whole war happening on the other side of that. And it's that big reveal on the other side of a Star Destroyer, just like, um, just like there in, in Rise of Skywalker. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was wonderful. I, I, 
I didn't care that I'd seen the one shot of the Falcon coming into view in front of all those other ships. I, I didn't care because at that point I was so caught up in what was going on. The redemption of Ben Solo. I know I'm going through a lot of stuff just talking real fast, but what am I doing? I'm driving down the road and basically stop and go traffic that apparently is going to be this way for, you know, the rest of my life. This is my life now with my wife, which is happiness, on the road, stuck in traffic, doing Geek Out Loud on a phone. That's, this is life. This is all my life will ever be ever again. We are now eternally stuck in traffic. I don't know if it's like a like the fifth layer of hell or if it's just glorious bliss forever and ever. Um, so the, the, the redemption of Ben Solo, it's not something, I, I'll be honest with you, I did not expect Kylo Ren to be redeemed. I, I thought that he was beyond redemption. And the reason I thought Kylo Ren was beyond redemption is because he killed his father. Now, that's terrible and that's wonderful, but I also realize in my heart that my attachment to Han Solo and him being killed makes me think that anyone who would kill him could not be redeemed. Anakin killed children. Darth Vader killed children and he still got his redemption at the end. What I do like is that Ben didn't survive the ordeal. That once he had transferred life force back to Rey, that he died and faded out because the truth is is though spiritually he has been redeemed, he still had real-world ramifications. He and Ray couldn't have been together, which, thank God, but he could not have lived on and, like, led the resistance, led the new, new republic, whatever they're going to call it. He had to be gone because he could not be accepted based on his crimes against the galaxy um, as anything other than a war criminal. And that's okay that he, so it's okay that he was spiritually redeemed and then went on into the force as he did. Ray and, I mean, uh, Leia and Luke at the end as, as force ghosts, I think that's the moment where you wanted to see other force ghosts there. You didn't want a super big lineup. I think, um, I think Ben probably should have shown up as well as just so he could be with his mom, just so you could see that he was with his mom. Um, maybe Yoda should have shown up as well there as a force ghost at the very end. Um, other than that, I, who else would she have known? I don't think, maybe Ray was real versed in the, in the history, but, um, but dang. And how about Ray as a Palpatine? I did, I did say to, you'll hear it in another part of Geek Out Loud when we finally get everything up. I did say to, to John Eddie Lowe that I had not seen that theory anywhere. And then, um, as I was scrolling through YouTube the other night, I saw a video from two years ago where someone had the Ray Palpatine theory. So kudos to them for getting it right. That's not something I would have ever called or ever thought, but I absolutely loved it. I thought it was a stroke of brilliance to not make her a Solo or Skywalker, but make her a Palpatine. And then at the end, she chooses to be a Skywalker. She chooses to go against every failure in her bloodline. I wouldn't know that, you know, of course, Palpatine wouldn't call it failure, but to go against everything in her bloodline that was evil and say, I'm going to be, I'm going to embrace the light of being a Skywalker. I love that Anakin confirms in the dialogue to her when, when they're finally all with her and encouraging her to get up and move on. Uh, it's the Rocky five moment, really the Mickey on Rocky five moment, get up. Um, where you hear Anakin say, bring balance, 
the way I did, basically. And so we do know that Anakin brought balance to the Force. He was indeed the chosen one. And now Rey is is a warrior, a guardian. She's a guardian of the balance. That's why she has a yellow lightsaber. Then everyone, she's a guardian. That's why she has the lightsaber. Because now she's a guardian of the balance. Done. My Star Wars talking is done. And you can say you heard it here first that Steve said guardian of the balance. And that's exactly what she is. She's a guardian of the balance of the force. So that's it. That's Geek Out Loud. Done. Done so. Um, I love the adventure of this movie so much. I loved um, I loved how it just went one thing to another. You didn't have a chance to breathe. I think it was fantastically done that way. Uh, of course, the reveal that each of the Star Destroyers was equipped with a planet-destroying weapon, on one hand complete and utter joke uh ridiculous but i think it was meant to be i think it's meant to be like the empire can't do anything but destroy planets and and i love that it was it did not make me roll my eyes it did give me a little chuckle and made me feel warm inside that yes more planet destroying destroying apparatuses are great um chewy got his medal that's a great nod to to a what amounts to a meme. Watch been out, in... vehicle stopped on road ahead. All right, there's a vehicle stopped on the road ahead. Thank you, Waze app. Um, there is uh, there, there's something about, you know, it, it's been a meme really for the past 20 years that, well, Chewie didn't get a medal. And that's fine. You know, I understand. And I think it's it's a great nod to fans who have kind of bought into that. that that's uh, That's what... You know that's what Maz did. She gave. She finally gave him his medal. Chewie's uh, response at finding out Leia had died was great. Um, you know, it's he when Han died, he did get to mourn, but he was in the middle of danger, so he got to also lash out. Here, Chewie had nothing to lash out to. He could just fall to his knees in sorrow. I mean, let's not lose sight of the fact Chewie in these three movies has lost his family. He lost Han, he lost Leia, he lost Ben. This has been Chewie's family. And and he's lost that now. And we and he's not with Ray at the end. You know, he so maybe he's going back to Kashyyyk. Maybe he's going back to his actual Wookiee family from the holiday special. Um, you know, we don't know. You got real estate. What's that? You got real estate. Oh, yeah, when when I thought that Chewie they they fooled me. They fooled me. Um, they uh, that when when the when the uh, transport blew up that that Chewie was apparently on, I was mad, and I was like, it's because my arms still weren't fully uncrossed, but I was absolute. I'm like, they are they're doing this. Like I was mad at Disney. I was mad at J.J. Abrams for going Disney's way. I was mad at them for not giving Chewie a proper death. In the old expanded universe, Chewie died while raging at a moon that was coming into the world that he was standing on um, after he had saved lives and sacrificed himself so that others could live as that moon was going to destroy the planet they were standing on. That is Chewie. And to just get blown up because he was prisoner and Ray accidentally blew it up. And I know what it did for Ray's psyche, and it was a good thing, you know, now knowing how things panned out. It was a great thing for Ray's psyche because Ray struggled with the darkness here in a way that she should have struggled with the darkness in The Last Jedi. I don't want to turn this into a referendum, though, on why why 
there should have been more of this throughout the sequel trilogy than than just the one movie. Because um, <clears throat> then I sound like a prequel hater. Anyways, um, when when that blew up, I was I was angry. They fooled me. They tricked me. I was mad as fire that that had happened. And so I just you know I was happy when Chewie was alive. I didn't, I mean, because there was still part of me that was on that hope. Maybe they swapped it, but you didn't see it. But they, again, that was an Indiana Jones thing. Remember when Marion, when the truck blew up with Marion in it? Now, I think they showed more clearly that there was a second truck when she blew up. I don't know. I have to go back and watch Raiders. Maybe someone can help me out with that. So how long have we been going here? 20 minutes? And I've only been talking 25 minutes. I've been talking about 20. Um... So, yeah, unfortunately, I can't, like, read text and read the chat to see what you guys are saying. But I did, I, I just decided since we were just sitting in traffic and nothing else to do, I thought I would mobily broadcast and see how things are going. So I can't take Skype calls. I can't do any of that. I want to have a big Rise of Skywalker show, um, and it may be happening next week. Uh, right now, we're headed down to South Georgia to spend time with my family for Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Um, we're, we're headed down to South Georgia to spend time with my family for Christmas. Uh, and we'll be coming back up to North Georgia on Thursday, the day after Christmas. Travel's going to be just as fun then. And uh, Friday, my wife has to go back to work. And the Mandalorian series finale is Friday. Uh, Lethargic Chewie and I may get together and try to get Shaz Bazaar on board, as well as Scott Rifen and Eric Chernovice. Uh, Eric Chernovice, as well as Teresa, maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we may do a big five-hour Star Wars show next week sometime. Who knows? I'm not making promises, but I'm also saying anything is, uh, anything is possible. But I know I definitely want to see this a few more times. At least, I think I want to see at least two more times. And really, because this is me, this is me just kind of spewing thoughts, random thoughts. Um, to you guys because I want everyone to hear my thoughts because I'm narcissistic like that. Wow. The podcast has just been a huge exercise in narcissism for the past 10 years. That's it. This is the final episode. So much I'm learning about myself. Uh, Ray is the guardian of the balance and I'm a narcissistic. I, I think I knew that. I think we took a narcissism test one time on a late night big honking show to which I was, uh, which I was, Oh, let's talk about Christmas. Um, my wife and I, since we're headed down, Haley and I, since we're headed down to uh, South Georgia for Christmas, we did Christmas with each other for, you know, the stuff we'd gotten each other because it's all sweet and romantic and everything. Um, we did that last night after church and had Christmas morning on Sunday night. It was great. It was fun times. And uh, for those of you who listen regularly to the Big Honkin' Show, you know that one of the things I have opined upon is the desire to have a vintage uh, 80s Hardee's Rise and Shine mug uh, so that I can drink coffee like a grown-up. <laughs> and because I always equated that with grown-ups. Well, sure enough, as I'm opening up presents, and it, look, we got more mugs than we need at our house. I don't. I think that everyone has more mugs probably than they need in their home, and we are no different. And, and, and I, we don't drink out of like 80% of them, right. you know? And, uh, it, but, but first there was a mug and it had Pac-Man from the Pac-Man cereal box on it with Pac-Man cereal. And, the original. 
and the original Pac-Man, and I will talk some Pac-Man cereal. Pac-Man cereal has a special place in my heart. Um, not because it was good, but because of jokes and that sort of thing that came, that spun out of Pac-Man cereal when I was a child. Um, but then I'm opening another box and in it was indeed the Hardy's Rise and Shine mug. 1986 edition now, not the 1989 version. 1986. So I can now drink coffee. Watch out. Like vehicle a grown stopped man. on shoulder ahead. There is a vehicle stopped on the shoulder ahead, everyone. So everyone watch out for that. Uh, coming up on exit 218 on I-75 South, uh, which, I mean, we've been honestly about an hour at stop and go traffic, and now it's starting to kind of loosen up a little bit. Uh, so I'm fine. Thank you, though, for your kindness and consideration. Then. Um, so, yeah, and then, look, everyone loves to get Star Wars for Christmas, and I'm not going to lie to you. I sent Haley a few links to some Star Wars figures. I'm like, you know what, if you want to get this or that, you know, and it's a big, bad toy store, so it was like a case here, a case there, that of the vintage collection, you know, we're going to run you 40 50 bucks, 60 bucks. And I said, I know it's kind of expensive, but it wouldn't hurt my feelings seeing any of these under the tree. And she fooled me. Because uh, the other night we were talking, and I'm like, well, I know that you probably didn't bother with that, and I don't blame you. It's okay. And I was trying to, you know, buck up, because everyone likes having Star Wars on Christmas. And uh, the last box I opened were four Star Wars figures from the Vintage Collection. Han in his uh, in his Hoth outfit, but unbuttoned, because he's working on the Millennium Falcon. Leia in her Hoth outfit. Jedi Luke uh, in his Return of the Jedi gear. And Darth Vader. Four great figures in the vintage packaging to hang on the wall. Vintage collection packaging to hang on the wall. They'll look great. They're wonderful. And it was just a happy time because everyone loves getting Star Wars on Christmas. So, um, I am, uh, that, that was a great time. Fun times for us. Fun times for Rabbi Hall. Also, I'm not, I, I guess I'll turn y'all on, on to him. I, I, steady crafting. <laughs> He is the craftsman. If you if you love YouTube and you like good YouTube channels, I can't suggest highly enough to you the YouTube channel uh, Steady Crafting with the Craftsman. Now there no there's no T in Craftsman, and and I'll just let you discover that and, and go through his stuff yourself. But Haley tried to order me a Steady Crafting T-shirt. And she somehow ended up ordering three. I wish people would make that mistake with the Geek Out Loud t-shirts. Um, but I'm, I'm currently wearing a Steady Craft and Scraftsman t-shirt underneath the hoodie. And it's, it's just glorious. It was a great Christmas. If, if Christmas is about getting what you want for Christmas, then Christmas was wonderful. But that's not all Christmas is about. So, but it's still wonderful. It's still wonderful even if you don't get what you want. That's my point. But I'm just saying, like, if all Christmas was about was getting what you want, then it was a wonderful Christmas. So, um, well, traffic is moving now, and so I won't be as bored. And Haley's got uh, Legos to continue to play with. There'll be more Geek Out Loud coming your way. I was really impressed with how well this sounded when I heard it on Haley's uh, iPhone speaker earlier. So, thank you guys for hanging out with us on the road. Uh, prayers for safe travel. Hashtag... Hashtag Traveling Mercies. Where my Southern Baptist at? Y'all know about Traveling Mercies. <laughs> All right, so what you just heard, ladies and gentlemen, we dropped in because behind the scenes, we had to cut away, do a segment of the Big Honkin' Show because Cam's time is limited, Lucas's time is limited, 
And um, and so what I dropped in was the car episode of Geek Out Loud from when we were traveling, my wife and I were traveling back at Christmas down to South Georgia, and I took a few minutes while we were stuck in traffic to open up Mixler on the phone and talk a little bit of Rise of Skywalker there. Nice. At the end of this episode, we're going to drop in a conversation. I haven't listened to the audio yet, so potentially, if the audio is good, we're going to drop in a conversation I had with John Eddie Lowe and his wonderful family after we saw Rise of Skywalker for the first time um, back in back in December, and we were just on a Rise of Skywalker um, high. And so um, we will uh, we'll we'll get back to all that as we as we as you listen at the end of the show so stick around is what i'm saying so we've talked a little mandalorian i know we didn't go into super depth about it but um i know we also wanted to talk just kind of celebrate the the enjoyment that i think we all had because cam we've talked about a little bit you and i Uh, lucas we've talked about a little bit what's that I said we got to chat a little bit before I flaked on you. That way. right, Luca uh, Cam actually was going to be on the Big Honkin show a couple of weeks back. Oh yeah, and he comes on. We're talking Rise of Skywalker. And he's like, "Hey man, I got to go. I can't do the segment." Oh yeah, well, so, life happens. No, it turns no it turns out my boss was calling me and wondering where I was. Yeah. Oh, life yeah. happens. Hey, where are you? And Cam's like. Who is this? <laughs> it's your boss. So, um, so look, I, I've I've said it. I've I've really over the past two years, as it pertains to Star Wars, tried to be as diplomatic as possible. Um, and and I don't want to hang on this point too much. Last Jedi was a disappointment to me, uh, for the most part. There there are moments in it that are really good, where the story shines, where the mythology just kind of glows through. Um, but by and large, as as a whole, I was really, and it was the first Star Wars movie that I ever watched, and was truly, truly disappointed in. Um, and then when I found out that fandom was disappointed in itself, because like it, it just it cracked wide open, and it became a thing for me that wasn't fun mm. anymore, and it was kind of hard to enjoy, and and uh and i still dabbled in collecting here and there but started to sell some stuff off like i really was sad because of what had happened with star wars you were hard to be around thanks lucas <laughs> um <laughs> no it was i mean because that's kind of when we first started uh talking to each other and uh got to know each other and there was definitely a shift in uh your approach to star wars wait, during that time wait 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 a second wait a second lucas are you are you chewbacca I am lethargic Chewbacca. That's lethargic. Me. Che- I didn't That's know I was on the. Fo- I didn't know I was on. Hey, this is huge. <laughs> I'm huge. This is a big no. moment for me. <laughs> now, yeah. So it was you know getting together for the Force Friday leading up to Last Jedi. Right. That uh, we had seen each other the year before for was it Rogue One yeah, or whatever. But we didn't really acknowledge no, one another. But then we we connected that <laughs> night when you know hunting for nothing. Well, I didn't know. Like, here's the thing. Like, and I've said this before, and I don't want to belabor the point. When I saw you and and now mutual friend Buster right. at the Rogue One stuff, like you guys were the coolest people in that crowd. Yeah, it happens. And and I was like, well, these guys are <laughs> too. too. Yeah. I mean, like, sin- jackets. sincerely, I mean, like, I'm being serious right now. I'm like, well, these guys are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'll never be cool enough to hang out with them and be a fan with them, you know. So the next year when I saw you again, um. And you guys came out of Walmart and spoke to yeah. me and everything. It's like, I mean, like we met because of Star Wars. Then it just kind of grew oh, from yeah. there. It's been great since then. Started no doing doubt. some fun like toy sale get-togethers and that sort of thing, and um, and and just have you know have the ministry thing in common and all that good stuff. Well, I will say that the best thing out of Last Jedi was getting to meet you, buddy. Oh well, good. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah that was that. 
token line, throw that in there. But no, yeah. no, that's no, that's true. Because uh, when I think of Last Jedi too, I think of, I mean, just being real disappointment. Yeah. And so going into this movie, like I sincerely went in arms crossed, and and this is one of those things that, as I do on all my podcasts, you're going to hear guys a million times. I'm going to say the same thing over and over and over again. I went in arms folded, like, hey, impress me, because I just didn't think it was possible. And the moment the crawl starts out, the dead speak. I'm right. like, maybe I'm in, you know. And my arms begin to unfold a little bit, and more. And then as as things went on and on and on. I mean, look, I, our friend Scott Rifen says this movie is a hot mess, but it's still hot, oh, you yeah. know, and, and that's the thing. It's like, it is, it is, it is just this, it is this big pile of just joy, if you ask me. Like, I absolutely, this is every Star Wars story I told as a kid with my toys, you know, it's like, I just went all <laughs> yes. over the place, yes. you know. Steve, I told you when, when we, we broke, you broke down the head that, what, three and a half hour, five hour episode about the final trailer of rise of skywalker we were talking near the end of the night i was getting home from work and i was chatting with you about it and they had the scene where all the ships come in behind the falcon i was mm-hmm. like how many times did you do that in your bedroom <laughs> with all your ships and all your action figures oh yeah 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 you know and it, we got the we got to see that mm-hmm. it was it was incredible yeah it, Haley, my wife told me at one point she the night we were watching it as we were walking out of the theater I didn't get emotional ever, you know. I, I didn't. I didn't really get. Um, and I definitely didn't get. Emo- if I got remotely emotional, it is at the point where all the ships come in uh, to to Exegol. Um, but I, I didn't even get emotional at the Han Solo moment. You know, I mean, I just. But, yeah. But I did get a little emotional when those ships come in because it's like the whole thing was. Haley's like, I'm exhausted. She looked at me halfway through, like <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm exhausted. It was a it was a roller coaster ride. And when they do show up and come in, I did get a little emotional, but I was also just so happy. Like it was so perfect to me. Everything I want in adventure and excitement and, and mythology and, and all that stuff. And so Haley said she looked at me and she said, I saw Steve uh, Steve, I never got to meet in my life. Oh, that's right. I saw she... I saw little kid Steve. Yeah. You know, and cause she said you were just beaming from ear to ear. And I and I was. I mean, I I was just absolutely happy with this thing. Do do you, Lucas, have an issue with the fact that we don't really know how the Emperor survived? No, I don't. And reason is, and part of it's uh, thanks to you and another good buddy of mine, um, Andy, from back home, mm-hmm. have turned me on to reading more of the Star Wars books. Yeah. And I realize it's not canon and all that jazz, but I, um, I've i read Darth Plagueis not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And it has totally changed my perception of the prequels, yeah. which I was like, yeah, they're good, but mm-hmm. eh. Oh man, I love them now. I mean, I mean, because I have that in the back of my head as right. I look at those movies, and then two. So I'm thinking, okay, what happened in Darth Plagueis uh, among um, uh, Palpatine and and uh, Plagueis, and what he was doing? I mean, some of that same technology could have kept him alive all that while. So in my back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely possible. So I didn't have a problem with it at all. But granted, I realize not everybody's done that, and everybody recognizes that as canon. But it was, I mean, I was just. I was, I loved it. I mean, I I've seen it th- three times now, and each time I've cried. Okay, there's been different points, all this stuff. Call me a big baby, I don't care. Uh, but I, I remember that night, uh, we, I was sending you a message like after ours was done because you guys went to Atlanta or something to see mm-hmm, it, right? And uh, later, you, I think you guys were coming back and you called me. And I said, "What'd you think?" Uh, and 
you could definitely tell there was a switch in you. You go, I loved it with my whole heart. <laughs> I was like, what? I loved it with my whole heart. And I was thinking, okay, he's newly married. I hope his wife's taking it the right way. But, you know, I was thinking, too, has Haley known you since you've uh, – When's did you guys meet after The Last Jedi or before The Last Jedi? We met just before The Last okay, Jedi. Okay, so she saw a, a Steve mm-hmm. that – that love. I mean, you've always loved Star mm-hmm. Wars, but that had a, was in a good place with Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, but it was just before it comes out. Yeah. So like, I had not full on exposed Star Warsness to her. Right. Um. And then the Last Jedi happens. And then she's it's like, just ah, well, that's not, and then not a big deal to him. Then Rise of Skywalker, oh, game changer. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. It was. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, there's so many moments uh, in in Rise that I was just like, like I said, I was a, a blubbering baby at uh, a good many of them. But you know, the like I think it was the third viewing is when finally the Han Solo scene really got to me. It hit yes. me pretty hard. So, oh, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it is. It good. So, uh, but you know that part, and I guess maybe it just shows how um, lack of detail oriented I am. You know, they're going through, they're, they're talking everything, and uh, Ben or Kylo, whatever you want to say at that point, you know, he looks at Han, and he says, Dad, I, and he says, I know. I know, yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, just... That, that hit me hard in the second viewing. I, yeah. I guess I was just in the, in the moment the first time we saw it. Right. And then when I went back the next morning, that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I just lost, I was oh, so good. Oh, so you were a next morning guy, too. I <laughs> went yeah, the so night, I, and then the next I, morning. I, yeah, I do. I every single time where I only see him twice in the theaters. Okay, that's usually all my wife will let me do. So <laughs> yes, third was uh, much for me. Yeah, uh, so I usually go first showing Thursday night, and then uh, the first showing of the day Friday morning, and then I go off to work. So oh, cool. Yeah, so got two showings in about twelve or eighteen hours, and oh, man, it's just it is good. Mm. I, I honestly, I, so and here's the thing. I never understood the division over Last Jedi and stuff like that. I understand that people disliked it, um, and that's that's the best part about this is it's everyone's opinion. It's right. the whole divisiveness between fans that doesn't need to be happening. I mean, we're lucky enough to get more of these films, more of these shows, more of the stuff that we love, whether we love it less so or more so than what came before is regardless. Yeah. Um, so going into this, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I enjoy The Last Jedi. I, I really like that movie. It's obviously, it's not my favorite Star Wars movie, but I, I enjoyed watching and I thought there were some parts that were, yeah, I totally understand what criticisms are, and, right. but overall just kind of love it. Um, so going into this, I was, you know, in a lot better of a, a space and mm-hmm. fandom than a lot of people were. So I was going into it kind of excited and I came out feeling very similar. Just in, I didn't love it. It's not my, like, again, not my favorite one of these films, but, um, there are moments that are just perfect. I I mean, the, there are more of us, Poe, there are more of us. Mm -hmm. Um, that's amazing. Uh, honestly, Lando kind of has two or three of the best moments in the movie. Give Leia my love. Yeah, that was um, that was cool. The I know mm-hmm. was oh, perfect. <laughs> I I didn't I, I didn't realize it until my second viewing. Did you guys notice that when Ray heals Kylo or Ben rather at that point um, on the Death Star, his scar goes away. 
I didn't notice it until I heard uh, a podcast talking about it, and that was after my third. Yeah. Thing, so I'm waiting to see it again. That's powerful. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 cool, man. It's yeah. just a really cool thing. Um, here here's uh, you know a lot of times when I start doing these type of look back shows and everything, I really start kind of responding almost knee jerk like to the criticisms that are out there. One of the criticisms being Emperor is alive, and that's a plot hole. Um, that's one of those things I just had no problem filling in with my headcanon. Like, of course he's alive. Of course he did this. You and know? that's the beauty of Star Wars is the headcanon. And unlike, and to me, unlike Luke becoming bitter and afraid and, and wanting the Jedi to end, this does not undermine what had taken place in, in the original trilogy to me, right. yeah. as, as much as some people make it out to be. Secondly, um, the other criticism, you know, is... Um, is of the force healing thing that I've seen people complain about the force healing thing. Oh, but it's okay if Baby Yoda does it. <laughs> well, you know, I almost think that's one of the reasons they put that episode oh, there's out. No doubt. Oh, one hundred percent. Where we see him do that, but I also that's another thing. I'm like, yeah, there's force healing, you know. And then people are like, well, why didn't Obi Wan Kenobi do it? Well, maybe Obi Wan Kenobi didn't have the power. He wasn't in the mindset. He was tired. He was worn out. You know, it was it was a matter of just not being being in that place where he could do that kind of thing. Ray, when she does it with the serpent in in the thing, there's a there's a bit of Ezra there you know, right. of communicating with the animal. Like there was just something about the power that Ray possessed to be able to to do that. But we also see that it took a lot out of her to do it. Every time she did it, you know, it it wore her down, it drug her down. Um, for whatever reason, I didn't have a problem with with that situation. And then that plays into the Emperor. Rather than lightening them, you know, uh, lighten them up with his force lightning, he takes from them their life force. Right, yeah. And and that's just, you know, it becomes this thing of, oh my gosh, the Emperor. It's just, it was just a classic serialized, you know, 1950s, 60s kind of villain is back, you know, kind of thing. Comic book, yeah, right. sci-fi, fantasy, like the villains. And he's gotten more powerful and... You know, and it's like the last minute thing, and she has to draw everything she like. She does not handle him, you know, with no problem whatsoever. She's down, and it takes all the oh, other yeah. Jedi, you know, coming back to her, like reaching out to the Force. The connection she and Kylo have are, are communicated, and there's a term that's used, dyad. Yeah, my wife jumped on that oh, quick, yeah. like that whole idea of a dyad. She's like, I, they're just dyads. That's why it works. I'm like, that is not a word. That's a new word. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got you've got those two being a dyad in the force, and you've got Anakin who was a a virgence right in the force, and so it's just there's some interesting lingo that it gets entered into the mythology now, and, and the Emperor says it's very rare, um, you know, and so this is this is not something that is common in the galaxy. It's not common in the force, and. Um, and, and and so it just it all works to me like their connection and everything just worked. I could have done without the kiss, you know. But I didn't mind the kiss. Yeah, I'm I, fine I, with honestly, that. I didn't mind it either. Eh. I mean, the, eh. the tension has been be- between these two for so long. The problem they then, touched fingers. The problem is she saw she watched him kill his father. Yeah, she also saw him bare chested too. But that's you know that's different. Right, <laughs> right. But you know all these these force abilities that you know we haven't seen before and you know plot hole plot hole whatever. But I guess the way I look at it is okay. We're having a reemergence of the force, all right. Uh, you know, it's been uh, for whatever. Um, you know, you have basically Vader, 
Um, Obi-Wan's in the background. We know he, he dies in episode four. Spoiler, sorry. Um, you know, and then we've got Yoda and Luke, but that's it, supposedly. But now we're seeing the forces awakening, okay? And as it's, uh, you know, was it Snoke says, you know, as uh, uh, the darkness rises, mm-hmm. and the light to meet, to meet it. it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're having this reemergence of the force, so therefore it's manifesting in new and possibly different ways. Mm-hmm. And maybe that, that began with Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, just kind of playing around, th- trying to figure things out as well, but. That doesn't bother me that much. No. How did you guys think? Uh, how did you feel about uh, uh, tub of Snoke's? Right off the top, of the <laughs> that was pretty cool. I created Snoke. <laughs> well, it, I don't know. I, I just feel like that. That seemed kind of like uh, okay. We, we got to explain this, so here you go. And I, I don't feel like that needed to be explained. Why couldn't it just been inferred that he was pulling the strings instead of putting? multiple the same head in torso in a tube he very well could have said i made snoke and just let it lie at that line right yeah well, but I, I liked it because it's okay here's you know okay we've got a snoke here we've got a snoke there i mean here's just snoke. replicating here's a snoke I'm, make, there's a I'm snoke. literally everywhere snoke. Snoke. snoke right I, but i also think that you know it it's an it's an interesting idea that kind of is also a callback to the cloning technology right. that we know the emperor yeah. was interested in. Um, you know, the Zillow beast never got brought back in the clone wars, but he wanted them to get samples of its tissue to clone it. Um, you get into uh, the dark empire comic series, right. you know, it's kind of a, it's yep. almost a little nod and call back to that. It's one of those things. It's like, it did not necessarily need to be there when he said, I made Snoke. Like I say, you didn't have to see the pile of Snokes in the jar. I liked it. I, I didn't have a problem with it. But I'm saying, like, then you could have interpreted it however you wanted to sure. interpret it. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the beauty of Star Wars, too, sometimes leaving things open for that, fans to just kind of go. Right. With. And I think I that, that I think that, that was done a little bit with Return the, with uh, the Last Jedi, but not as much as it needed to be. There was also the idea of they had to do something about Snoke because, you know, Ryan Johnson killed him off in, you know, yeah. right in the middle of, of, of The Last Jedi. Yeah. And, and that's one of those things that's like, Maybe he should have been around through the third movie. Maybe he should have been around right to the beginning of the third movie to see him and Kylo show up on Exegol and have the Emperor just wipe Snoke yeah, out. You know, cool. that yeah. would have been a cool thing. That yeah. would have been neat. But you know what? We can't live in, in what could have been, should have been, right. or would have been, or might have been. We have to live in what is. And I think that the best way to explain how, where this guy came from is that he was a product of the Emperor's machinations. He was a product yeah. of Palpatine's machinations. Um, from this place where apparently whatever remains they could find had been gathered up right. and, and, and brought to, um, to to reinstall his spirit into. Yeah. But not just his spirit, like the spirit of all Sith. Like he becomes, a, he becomes a nexus of the dark side in that moment. And that to me, that's a throwback to Revenge of the Sith. When he's anointing Darth Vader, mm-hmm. there's so much that is bubbling up in him. Like you, it's almost demonic the way he sounds, you know, he's, you, you hear this breathing and this weird other like groanings and gurglings and, and growlings that are coming out of his, out of his mouth. And his voice takes on a, on an otherworldly, you know, henceforth you shall be. And it's not just the emperor's voice. It's magnified and it's amplified and it's echoey yeah. and reverberating and Darth Vader. And you, you hear a little bit of that when he's talking to, to Ray, telling her to strike me right. now. And yes. All this stuff. Yeah. 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 And so, so you get the sense that 
he and Plagueis and 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 himself, he had been becoming a manifestation almost of the dark side as he right. went along. Mm-hmm. And so that what Luke did is, yes, it removed him from power, or what Anakin did removed him from power. It brought balance back because the, the dark side was, for all intents and purposes, defeated. Right. But just like a millennia ago, it lay in waiting, ready to come back, should it need to be. And so Anakin, I love that Anakin's voice is there with Ray, where he says, bring balance, as I did. Yeah, that was powerful. Yeah, that was awesome. And so I, I loved hearing that. I loved hearing all the Jedi... It was fun hearing Ashley Eckstein. It was fun hearing Freddie Prince Jr. The uh, problem is that means Ahsoka's dead. No, well, okay, hold on, because I thought the same thing. But then I was thinking all this through. Do you remember during Rebels, Yoda was communicating with Ezra and Ahsoka, and he was still alive? That's true. He was, oh, yeah. yeah. So it, hopefully, you yeah. know, Ahsoka lives. Yeah. Hashtag Ahsoka lives. Hashtag Ahsoka so, lives. Yeah. Um, I yeah I no I I'm totally with you guys on on all of that as far as the Snoke stuff goes and um I I guess I went and I try not to do this every time I see one of these movies I try to go in with not no expectations sure of or or that's that's the wrong term to use but uh more or less trying not to come up with a story in my head mm-hmm. prior to going and right. I unfortunately did that with this. And I went in with the idea, okay, Ray is a virgin of the Force, the same as Anakin was, and uh, that is why she has no parents. That explains the mirror part in yeah. Last Jedi. It explain like that's kind of what I went with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a little disappointed when I got the Palpatine reveal. Hmm. See, I thought it was perfect. I was like, well, yes, this makes perfect sense. You know, she she's not a Skywalker. Right. You know, she's not a Solo. Um, you know, she's not a Kenobi, but it, to me, I'm like, this is a great thing that, that she would be a Palpatine, you know? And, and the fact that her parents went to extremes, you know, painful extremes to hide her, um, because they knew what he would try to do as far as bringing her back around. And I just, I, I didn't have a problem with that at all. I liked it better than her being a nobody from nowhere. It just opens that door now, okay, or the family dynamics for the Palpatines, you know? Right. <laughs> you got well, the son that has a child right. that now is hidden away on Jakku. You you think about this, though, and, and that makes Palpatine that much more evil, that mm. he probably did not fall in love with someone or have someone fall in love with him. Like, right. this was probably like some type of prima nocta weird thing going on, you right, know? yeah. And and that he, he, he made someone be a mom to his child kind of situation. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting, you know. It makes him that much more evil and manipulative. But it's also one of those things. To me, just like how did he survive? It's not a question that I necessarily need answered. I'll make jokes about it, but I don't truly, truly, truly. I don't need a comic book showing me Palpatine court and woo somebody. You know, <laughs> I, I, dating life. And yeah, Palpatine. Uh, so you know what, Steve? How do you like I the do. steak? I, do. <laughs> I, I was surprised that you ordered the fish. I thought you were a red meat eater. <laughs> I noticed on your profile on Match.com that you enjoy long walks on the beach. As you see, I have a cane. So, Well, I think someone, I want to say someone somewhere did the math because, you know, Star Wars fans. And it worked out to where he would have had this kid, his son, was it his son or his daughter? His son. Son, yeah. Son sometime when he was chancellor. Okay. That could be true too, yeah. So 
because she's what's Ray? Ray's nineteen at the beginning of Force yeah, Awakens, Force, which yeah. make her twenty now. 21, 20, 21, yeah. somewhere in there. So, so nine years after Jedi, yeah, which, yeah, which would make him see that uh, you depend on how old that dude was when he meets yeah. and marries. It, yeah. I mean, he could, yeah, I mean, like if he's in his 30s, maybe, but you're you're on the tail end of Chancellor Palpatine as Chancellor, yeah, yeah, true. Uh, so but again, it's one of those things that doesn't. It, it doesn't matter. It's the mythology storytelling where, you know, not every little piece fits together, but it's just this broad story arc yeah, thing. Yeah, so it leaves mm-hmm. it open. Right. Yeah. I mean, just like uh, uh, as I was watching and thinking, and, and you know, we see the Knights of Ren uh, for the first time in this movie, uh, and I thought, what if? Uh, and then, you know, you get the visual dictionary, and it helps us out with mm-hmm. those things, which has been really helpful for this movie. Uh, not that they're not helpful in the other ones, but it's added a lot. But I was thinking, okay, what about all the other um, Jedi trainees that were in Luke's school? That because a handful leave with Kylo. What happened to those guys? Did they? Yeah, if I'm I not mistaken. Okay, a handful he kills off some, and then a handful yeah. leave with him. Mm. Where are they? So that may be something new, or yeah. it could be again something we we well, we've entertain got that, our own minds. We've got that comic series that's out right now, The Rise of Kylo yeah. Ren. That yeah. apparently I if is, it'll handle that. I've I've seen people kind of raving over it. I yeah. don't know, you know, because uh, they actually talked about there's a maybe it's. Number one or number two, where Luke and Kylo go up against the, the Knights, Knights of Ren. Ren. Yeah, yeah. So actually encounter Ren himself. So, well, I, we haven't really been able to take a too deep a dive in this. I like there'll be more to come. I'm sure. I want to see the movie again. I, oh, I've yeah. only seen it twice, so or oh. I guess three times. We've got. I did. I did the commentary, and then two oh, other times right. that yeah. I've seen it. So, um, so yeah. So, um, but overall, man, I just I walked out really glad and. You know, I haven't yeah. been able to spend a lot of time with the music yet, Cam. Oh um, man, it's good. Yeah the the rise of Sky. So the one theme is the rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. That's the one that's playing during the uh, Ben and Knights of Ren fight. That's what that kind of like childish song that plays right at the end when he defeats the last Knight of Ren or whatever. And it's kind of awkward sounding in the movie. Mm-hmm. You notice that part? And it's mm. if you listen to that whole track, it's it's a lot of fun. It's really good. It doesn't necessarily. It, it reminds me a little of Luke and Leia's theme from Return of the Jedi, which got another nod in this one too. I'm sorry. It's go good. ahead. Yeah, no, you're fine. Um, and it's it's just it's an overall. It's a pretty good soundtrack. It's pretty much on par with Last Jedi and Force Awakens mm-hmm. as far as a lot of the themes and stuff go. But it's good. It was it was great throughout the movie to hear callbacks to different ver. You know different tracks from the other movies and to the point that the Sith acolytes or the Sith spirits or whatever they were, were chanting the Darth Maul. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Were they, is that exactly, is that confirmed that they were chanting? I have not confirmed that, but it's, it was definitely, it definitely felt, yeah. It definitely, it definitely felt like a call. Ring, ding, 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 ding. I've heard that before. What does the Sith say? <laughs> so, um. No, I, I, I dug it. I, I was hoping we'd get a little dual fates right at the end there with the with the final fight. Yeah. And we, and we didn't. And yeah. I just, just a little bit I wanted. But uh, they teased in that one trailer. But I don't know if it was ever actually in the soundtrack. So. So what part of this? Yeah. What is this? That does sound a lot like the Luke and Leia stuff mm. from Jedi. It, 
it sounds like a mix of that and the um, Anakin's theme. Yes, I was going to say Anakin's theme. It sounded like for a minute there, Anakin's theme was there. And there was a point in there where I was listening a little bit of the Home Alone theme. Oh. Yeah. I got a very big Home Alone vibe, too. And it, it's, again, it's it's a great track. And the whole whole soundtrack's kind of fantastic. Um, I made the mistake. Well, I shouldn't say a mistake, but I made the, the choice, though. It dropped a couple days before the movie came out on yep. accident on mm-hmm. the, the For Consideration page. Right. And I listened to the whole thing like four or five times through. And nice. <laughs> it's good, man. I haven't got this to spend fun. I haven't got to spend a lot of time with it. I do know that as you get in that finale, like it rolls around on that main theme several times. Oh man. In the finale. It's, and it's it just great. It's triumphant. Place. It's glorious, you know. Yeah. So um yeah, it uh, gosh. I Look, I, it was so good to walk out of a theater and love Star Wars. Yeah, again, it was awesome. Fully. It, with the Mandalorian, the one-two punch of the Mandalorian in this, it's just been a great time to be a Star Wars fan. So what's so. next? Uh, Clone Wars, I guess? February? Clone Wars hits in February. Yeah, yeah. season seven. Clone Wars so February. I'm yes. excited about that. And I just do, we, had, do we know I, if that's going to be a weekly thing? I, I we have so. It sh- listen, it should be. Yeah. Um, I know. Or, or at least I like agree. I just want it all right now. I understand. <laughs> like, here's the thing. I've enjoyed binging, but I look back at things that I have binged, like on Netflix and stuff, like, like their original series, like Stranger Things. And I wonder if I would have enjoyed Stranger Things that much more if I'd have had to wait a week between each episode to drop. Like, I would have watched and examined, you right, know. and thought, okay, what could this right. be? I mean, that's one of the great yeah. things about The Mandalorian. We talked about, oh, what could it be? Right. Yeah, we got to that. have that that yeah. fan, that communal fan experience yes. the, in the weeks. And I think that's part of the importance of Star Wars, too, is th- there was something about Star Wars back in the 70s and 80s that brought people together. Everyone was a Star Wars fan. Everyone yep. liked Star Wars. Yep. Um as as time moved on and we found ourselves with the special editions and there were people who by that time you know they were they were in college you know the star wars fans at that point were in college getting ready to graduate college a little more cynical a yeah. little more grown up and so the changes is what really bothered them but also with the advent of the internet and the anonymity that came with a screen name, right. you know, that had nothing to do with your name and your face not being out there. People began to learn that you could say hateful things, hmm. you know, and and get away with it, basically, yeah. you know, not have yeah. to back it up. And so, responsibility, yeah. yeah, and, and the, yeah, the, the responsibility of even because you used to, if you hated something that much, you're like, I'm going to write a letter. Right. And by the time you got through writing a letter, you're <laughs> like, like, all right, this well, is dumb. Yeah, I, I've yeah. said my piece. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, when you get to just kind of throw blurbs out there, rape my childhood, ruin this, this uh, is terrible, yeah. this is hor- that that sort of thing, yeah. you get to kind of per- perpetuate that, which leads into people then arguing. And then when the when the prequels hit, when the Phantom Menace hit, not the prequels, but the Phantom Menace, and there was the disappointment that people had with the Phantom Menace, it was this amazing thing that happened where fandom became selfish. And I can't tell you how many people I've heard say this statement. I didn't like The Phantom Menace, and then my kid watched it, and they loved it, and I got it. Yeah. You know, yep. and it and it's this thing of like for for all these years they overlooked this other audience that absolutely bought into what Lucas had done with the the prequels, and, and but even then there was not hatred toward one another. If you like the prequels, it's like, well, I think you're crazy, but you do, you know. Yeah, or if you didn't like the prequels, it's like, oh, I wish you could see it like I see it. But there was no like true, true animosity, and I don't know. 
And then you progress now forward these years and you get to this thing with the last Jedi and it completely, what happened is the complete opposite of what star Wars has always done. Star Wars has always brought people together. Even it's like when I'd go to celebrations, there were people who didn't like the prequels, but they were cheering Ray Park, you know, as oh, big as yeah. they could. Yeah. There, there were people who didn't like the prequels, but they would hang out and talk and have panels with people, you know, like like why the prequels are awesome. They would go and hear people out and have fun and laugh. And, and we found out we all liked the same jokes. We all did It's a Trap. We all did all this stuff. But suddenly this Last Jedi thing happened, and there got to be a weird twist and a weird slant on it that... If you liked it, then you're you're in this group of people. If you don't like it, then you're in this group of people. Yeah. And and it became this weird, divisive thing that it should never have been. And unfortunately, I feel like some of that was actually unintentionally fueled by the current version of Lucasfilm, where they would actually come out and not attack fans, but really kind of disregard fans who had opinions that were dissenting against the stuff that was being put out there. And that fomented more and more anger from fans. And so I think what was great about this is that there have been a lot of people who've come back now and said, wow, I really liked it. And, and it's, and it's had more positive word of mouth. There are still a few dissenters online and it's really interesting to see the people who just want to hate star Wars, Disney. Yeah. And then the people who love the last Jedi and for whatever reason, like, I don't like this movie. This is not, this is not challenging me the way the last Jedi did. And it's Uh, like, okay, that's fine. You know, it's fine, dude. Yeah. But but I'm hoping that with this and the Mandalorian is a one, two punch because the Mandalorian really did show that there's still this part of all of us that are fans that love, Star Wars, and it's so good to to be back in that place. It feels it was like welcome home. It really was when I got out. It was like welcome home. So it was. I really loved. I came out of that theater. That third act, you just you're beaming. You said Haley looked at you. You were beaming, dude. Same thing. I am smiling ear to ear coming out of that theater. It was fantastic. I loved it. Sure, there are quips and qualms that we have with with these movies, and I and you're talking about fandom going at each other i equate the last jedi to this and this is kind of how i thought about it when after i because i came out of the last jedi like a lot of people did where it was like i enjoyed it but i need to see it again i need to think about that movie and then you most of these you eventually come to terms with what your opinion on the film is and i came out of there and i ended up liking it more than i thought i originally did and whatnot but after seeing all the backlash, it was almost like when you're a kid, you're playing in the sandbox. You got all your action figures and stuff like that. And it's everything is going your way. It's going exactly how you've planned it. And, oh, Force Awakens comes back. And, ooh, the, yeah, okay, fine. It's back, to, it's back to the original trilogy. Okay, sure. We've got the Death Star again. But whatever. That's fine. And they go, you go in. You see the trailers for Last Jedi. Here's Luke. Luke is back. Oh, right. This is going to be awesome. And then another kid comes into the play box, grabs your action figures, and turns your hero differently Mm -hmm. and changes something that you have inherently grown up seeing or inherently planned that that's how it's going to be. I think The Last Jedi kind of turned things. I know what Ryan Johnson was trying to do. And I personally, I love the Luke Skywalker storyline from Last Jedi. I know a lot of people don't like it, and I completely understand that i love it just because it took this character that was very 
emotionally complicated in the original trilogy. Um, and Steve, you said it down, you said it, throw down his arms and embrace love and his father and everything like that in Return of the Jedi. Um, I, I completely understand people's problems with it. I really enjoyed it. But it's at the same time, who am I to say that you guys are wrong because you had a problem with it? Well, that's it, my, that, exactly it, that's the thing. But here's my opinion. Right. And here's the thing, like like what 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 would be fun. And of course, we're closing out here. Don't have a lot of time. Lucas has <laughs> got to go. And I've got to go. I've got to go myself. Um, what would be fun is to be able to sit down and we can do this sometime is sit down and say, here's my take on why Luke Skywalker, the Luke Skywalker arc of The Last Jedi wasn't up to par right. and then to have that discussion back yeah, and forth dialogue. understanding this cam that it doesn't affect my life one bit how exactly. you know that's the thing and i think that's the other thing and, and there's a whole deal that i could get off on of 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 realizing at times in my life just how big overly big star wars had become for me as a fan that it almost began to be tied in it became tied in with my identity and, right. and I don't think that's a good thing at all. I don't think it's a good thing to have any piece of pop culture so tightly knit into your identity that if, if things go awry, that it messes you up emotionally or mentally or, or whatever the case may be. That it's just like that you're able to say, oh, well, you know. And, yeah. quite, and quite honestly, I was way, t- I'd become again way too attached to Star Wars so that when things did get so rough, it just kind of hurt, you know? Yeah. And I, and I was sad. And so, but what this has helped me do is step back and be like, you know what? This isn't who I am. I'm not Star Wars. I've not, I've given money to it, to see sure, it, to yeah. collect, that sort of thing. But I've not put one ounce of creative energy into it. I've not put one ounce of anything. I've only taken from it. And, yeah. and so if they do it the way I don't like it, it sucks. It's sad, but all right, you know? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fight anyone over it. I'll have discussions about it, and that's that's exactly how, that's how we roll. Well, guys, uh, Lucas, thank you so much for, for sitting in, dude, oh, and being it's here. Great to be here, as Kim, always. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you being here, and uh, to everyone else, the email is geekoutonline at gmail dot com. Would love to hear from you on this. We haven't had a lot of emails about uh, the 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 rise of Skywalker or the Mandalorian, so would love to hear from you about those things. We've got that marathon coming up February 8th. Spread the word. The goal is $5,000 this year to be raised. I think we may be able to do it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a little harder than the past, but I think we can do it. So uh, for Lucas, for Cam, I'm Steve Glosson. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. What do we think? Um, Welcome to Geek Out Loud, Lowe family. <laughs> uh, she's upset about the Ewoks. There wasn't enough Ewoks. Not enough, Not enough Ewoks. I guess she thought you, uh, Wicked should have been like in the Millennium Falcon the whole time. Well, well I don't I think, disagree. I think that the 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 plant there base could have been with the Ewoks. But it was a previous base, so you can't repeat a base. But come on. And that was indoor because they said they were in the indoor system. System. Yeah. And so, but, you know, so wherever it fell. Well, I mean, there were multiple planets there, and so it was on a different planet in the indoor system or a different moon. At least we didn't have a sea planet uh, that actually had land and ocean. Right. And not a desert planet. Right, right. An right. ice planet. Mm-hmm. We actually had 
planets with multiple terrain environments. Yes. Yeah. That's all we got is not enough Ewok? Oh, no, hold on. I'm just I'm doing my social media post. No, okay. You know, we got a, no, thanks. Well, Haley said that her favorite was the C-3PO. And this was, he was his one of the main, it was his movie. This is the most he's ever been. I was ready for him to be done. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, now. No, I, I thought because of some of the, you know. Marketing. The yeah. marketing and the whole, oh, you know, it was emotional on Anthony Daniels' last day. That when they did his brain, he was done. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was like, it's gonna suck. And I, and I had to hold my breath with Chewie. Hey, I, I, I was mean, sitting there, there about to mess this sad. movie. You need to, under, you understand, the movie was almost ruined for me in that moment because Chewie, I, I was like, Chewie has just died with no purpose behind it, no nothing. And I was like. All these people that said that J.J. fixed it were completely wrong. J.J. Yeah. ruined it. He made this movie terrible because all Leia's also going to die. And so, and then when Chewie was alive, I was so, I, I was elated. I was absolutely I was, happy. The thing that hit me, though, before I was getting too upset is like the trailer shot. But sometimes we get trailer shots that don't make it in a movie. Right. Was him and Lando flying in the Falcon. I thought about that too. I said, "That's got to be. That's got. You can't kill Chewie, and you can't blow up the Falcon." It didn't yeah. feel real. They didn't give it enough, like time. They didn't play the. It's just quick yeah. cinematic music. They just. But kinda... see, the thing is, is all the ones with that group, two of the one Lando. Yeah, they didn't kill off they too didn't many. Kill off Lando, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Wedge made it apparently. Yeah, so yeah. I was yeah. expecting him. Die. Good old Wedge getting his one scene in. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the older guy? All that for... Yeah. <laughs> All that fanfare. Let's go, for, Rando. For five seconds, if that, yeah. So, But uh, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you something. And and my, I've already said this in this show, I'm sure, because this will be tacked into some audio in the show. And who knows if it even turns out good or not. Usually, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I, I went into this movie with low expectations, you know, at best, no expectations. And and I was watching with a critical eye. I was just like, this is, you know, they. I was sitting there, I was the dude with my arms crossed saying, impress me. Mm-hmm. And by the time we got to the end, I was, well, my wife Haley said, she turned and looked at me when all the ships came in and it was like, Oh, I'm seeing Childhood Steve. This is yeah. Steve I've never seen before. And it really was like I'm like I love every minute of this. I I was able to I was able to not be concerned with the fact that it's not shot the way George Lucas shot Star Wars. I was able to not be concerned with because the story and the characters and everything was so good that my mocha is ready now. So <laughs> it was so good. And and so yeah, I'm I heard if that's the end of Star Wars, then that's what it ended. Well, yes. Where the, all the ships come in, isn't that kind of like the Marvel end of Avengers, like where all the people showed it up? It was and, like Endgame. Yeah. You know, and, you know. But the difference to me was is yeah, it's a similar scene, formulaic and everything. But the difference to me was. I didn't know any of those people except Lando and Chewie. Yeah, exactly. And maybe the ghost. Maybe Hera was there on the yeah, ghost. Maybe, yeah. But outside of that, I was just like, they inspired the galaxy. The whole galaxy is here. Uh, oh, wow. Oh. 
I know there are a bunch of smoothies on this. Strawberry, green apple. Do we have the water? I have the water. Awesome. Here, I'll go make Thank you. Thank you. You like cream? Oh. Yeah, that's good. Well done, White Windmill Cafe. Geek Out Loud coming to you from the White Windmill Cafe. And where are we, Buford? Doraville. Doraville. Doraville, Georgia. Doraville, the Explorerville. Rocking and rolling. Um, Chloe, what do you think? I'm still processing it. It was I. It was so good. <laughs> I. Uh, Eric Schernabeis, who has made a joke now for two plus years, Steve hates Star Wars. I texted him. He's the first person I texted. And I said, "I love Star Wars." <laughs> it was so good. See, Dad knew seeing it with you would change it. <laughs> uh, I'm just hoping. I'm I'm hoping that on repeat viewings, I, it doesn't diminish for me. That's my concern. But there's been none of these, there's been none of the sequel trilogies. That's like a milkshake. Oh, we're all switching off drinks all of a sudden. I could not be in this family. <laughs> Same straws. And I don't like that at all. I, everything I'm seeing is making me. I can't either. I'm part of it. That's why. Every, everything that's I'm why seeing. The end, everything I'm seeing is making me very nervous. That's why one sick gets sick, we all get sick. Yep. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I don't like this drinking after each other. But yeah, so I was. I, I loved it. Haley Lowe, what do you think? Two thumbs up and no words. I, I was. I was. What I enjoyed about the movie, obviously, was the movie. The storyline, I thought it was well written. Um, but what I really enjoyed is people to the right of me and a certain guy to the left of me hearing your reactions and her reactions and all three of it. It was just, that's what movie going is supposed to be, is you're just having. I was able to sit back for two hours and 21 minutes and just, like you said, impress me. Mm -hmm. But now tomorrow I know it's just going to be a roller coaster. It's just going to. Well, here's the thing. I, I totally bought into to to the friendship of Ray, Finn, and Poe. Yeah. Like, they've not had any time together. Mm -hmm. Ray and Finn have in the Force Awakens, but the rest of them have had no time together. But I totally bought into it from the get-go. It was like... It was like the original three it together. Was. It was. It was fantastic. They weren't together on the screen that much, but yet you believed in the friendship. The Leia stuff was seamlessly worked in. I was amazed. We, we mentioned that in the car. Yeah. They didn't shoehorn it. They didn't make it... It didn't seem odd. It no, seemed no. like there she were, was alive. There were a couple of shots where you could tell they had put her head on someone else's body, but, um, yeah. I did not. Okay, man. It was very... I mean, I was questioning, did they go ahead and film that while they were filming the last movie? Yeah, they knew she was going to die. So no. You know, what they had... What they had was scenes from, um, The Force Awakens. That's cutting room used. floor stuff. Stuff, And they went back it. and they wrote dialogue around her dialogue. 
crazy how they made it. It was. It seemed so natural. Like, and there was no. Like some movies you watch, and you know what's happening next. And I hate to say it. There was so and many this, draws. And I'm not, I'll, if you have me on the show, I promise I won't say it because I don't want to write But her acting was better in nine than it was in seven and eight. I'm sorry. Well, you just said it on the show. I'm recording, John. <laughs> is, it, is Georgia a single consent state? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think it is. You're good. All right. But it, I would, you know, that's one thing I didn't like about seven and eight is she was a little stiff. Yeah. But you know, I'm always gonna love Carrie because she was my first princess. Right. But it's kind of sad that it was better this way. Than- the only, the only time that any of it felt kind of shoehorned in was her exchange with Snap Wexley about yeah. something. I don't remember the line dropped off. Be the head. positive. Yeah. 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 Be optimistic. Yeah. He's like, this is going to end terribly well, yeah. <laughs> or something. Yeah. Or this is going terribly. Yeah, it's terrific. Yeah. yeah. But and of course, he dies. Yes. So. That made me sad. But, but you know what? You got uh, you know, in a finale. You have to have. Yeah. yeah. You can't but have all always, the good guys. But let's win. be honest. They always be killing off fat people in Star Wars. <laughs> Started with Porkins. Started with Porkins. Jabba the Hutt. Mm-hmm. And now Snap. He wasn't so bad. Fat people be dying in Star Okay, the, the biggest surprise in the whole movie, besides an actual physical clone Palpatine, because they didn't know if we were going to get a holocron, a spirit. Right. Hey, um, kid. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Like, I First thought, thought that was going to, we both thought it was going to be Anakin. Yeah. And that was going to be his turning, redeeming thing. He's like, hey, man, don't follow the path I went. But, and it was beautifully acted. I mean, that was the biggest surprise. I had no clue. The only thing I thought we would see of Harrison was when he got, you know, the flashbacks of when he got killed. I know what I've got to do, but But I'm afraid to do it. But I'm afraid to do it, yeah. And then Han says, I know. I know, yeah. The I know was the big one. Which they missed in episode seven. But to be fair, in episode seven, it would have been between Han and Leia, and it would have felt too on the nose. There, it was a surprise. It was sweet. It was moving. You know, it's like you don't have to say it, Ben. And Ben, and, and I like the fact too that Han's not a force ghost; he's a memory. He's, he goes, and he goes, "You're just a memory." He's like, "Yeah, your memory." Right. And so I mean, what we were seeing was Ben manifesting his memory to access the good. And I'm calling him Ben. Like I'm not even calling him Kylo Ren. Right. And so um, I've got to read. Listen, I'm in a point right now where I have to reevaluate my collecting. I have to reevaluate my my stance on everything since the Force Awakens ended. I, you know, it's just I, I thought I'm, just, so, I'm blown away. The sixty four dollar question: mm-hmm. Does Steve love Star Wars? Again? Oh, I love Star Wars. Yeah, love it. Love well, I know Eris has been giving you a hard time about right. that. So, well, you were gone. I told him my first text was to Eris. Yeah, where I said I love Star Wars, and that's all I said was I love Star Wars. So, okay, was it the combination of Leia sacrificing herself to reach to her son and Ray healing him that helped him turn, or was it all all mom reaching out to him? I think it really touched him that she was willing to save him. Because it's a combination. It's a combination too. Because look, if you go to, he's already killed his dad. When you get in the Last Jedi. He hesitates before he blows 
the, the whole, in fact, he doesn't blow the the, right. the, the, the command center. The, another tie fighter blows by him. He kind of looks to the side, like. I think I think Ben was a mama's boy, mm-hmm. and I think that you know, like any good mama's boy, you know, mama's gone, and I think that shook him, as well as Ray in the midst of all of this. You know, he's he's been saying the whole time, I've reached, I'm, I've held my hand out to you, I've offered you my hand. And here is Ray saying, no, I'm offering you the hand up now. This is... I think you felt like his fate was sealed. He'd already made his choice. Right. He here's said, I can't go back to I can't go back to her. Here's a lineage This is your fate. But she says no. Also, like, what, what are they? Is that, did I say it wrong? No, but what are they? In the far all the way over here, you said... You're talking about dyads. Them, dyads. Yeah. <laughs> Haley, Haley immediately used a new word she learned in a Star Wars movie that none of us had ever heard um, <laughs> to, to justify. I'm like, I don't know about all this grabbing stuff when they're around and having a... And she's like, well, it's probably because they're dyads. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm not an expert. <laughs> <laughs> What's a dyad? What? It was, a line, it was a throwaway line yeah. in the media about that. I couldn't make out what he was saying when he said that. So I was, but the, he said their connection was strong, but yeah. further proof. Uh, character I really liked was uh, Zari Bliss. Yes. Wish we could have seen more of her. Carrie Russell. Yes. Carrie Russell. Now, Zori Bliss. Zori's our, yeah. Yeah, Zari's our dog. That's right. Oh, okay. Um, I remember. So the pink, the girl that helped Poe. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I remember Jimmy and Jason talking about, I think it was Rolling Stone right before The Mandalorian came out, said that there was an episode nine spoiler (laughs) in The Mandalorian. If you remember at the beginning when he's. When the blue guild Star Trek guy is down in the bay, mm-hmm. trying to use the refresher, mm-hmm. and he's walking by all the carbon froze. Mm-hmm. There was a female in carbonite that looked an awful lot like Carrie Russell, but she'd be too young. But she's been in carbonation. In carbonation. Carbonite. Carbonation. <laughs> She's been bubbled up. She's been a fizzy drink. <laughs> She's been a fizzy drink for all these fifty years. She got she got trapped in the Coca-Cola factory. <laughs> well, whoever had the bounty on her could have kept her on the wall. That's true. That's true. I don't know. I, I'd have to. Go I, back I need to go back and look at that scene on the the big screen on at the house. That's because that was the only thing that I saw in that first episode that could have possibly been some. But was it the first episode where they're just spoiler, or is it like in the series of it in general? Well, it's, it, it said the first episode, if I remember from their podcast, that they said the writer of the, I think it was Rolling Stone, said it was the first one had an episode nine. Little spoiler, but hmm. I never saw anything besides maybe that. But I like the character. There's I no really telling. Did. It may be something that what that bluegill guy was saying. Like he was telling so many stories and saying so many weird things. Exactly. Um, yeah. But I, I like I liked her character. Wish we could have seen more of her. And that at the end, he's like, you know. Hey, giving her the look. You want to you yeah. kiss? And she's like, mm. <laughs> I love that moment. That was a, but see, that was a great, it, it's, it's modern Star Wars humor. They have, they have incorporated more real world type sarcasm and humor into Star Wars in the sequel trilogy than I think even the original trilogy had. But it worked. It was it was a moment that like that's Poe. Poe, since we've known him, has been a smart aleck. He's been fun. you know who talks first. You talk first. I talk first. That's who he is. Um, He's definitely the a embrace. Man. Listen, the, the embrace at the end with those three. 
like this movie got me invested. I'm saying this movie got me invested in. It. I want to know what's next. My Already. friends, listen, my friends Jason and Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio. Jason said, and I agreed with them at the time. They haven't earned it. They haven't earned it. this movie alone. They earned it. They earned this ending in one movie. And 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 what'd you keep saying? How'd he do it? How'd he do it? How did he do it? I have no idea. But he did it. He played the fam- He played to the family. Daughter, granddaughter, Palpatine. Well, I know, but still, it just seems to me to her. Well, do you do you remember in the original trilogy? It's like you know, the emperor knew that if Anakin was to ever have any offspring, they would be powerful in the Force. Well, they turned that for Palpatine too. Mm. My Haley just asked a great question. Did the Emperor really want to kill her, or did he want them together? She just—he wanted her there. Like his whole plan was get her here. She can kill me, and then she will—I'll—I will enter her spiritually, and she will take on the role of Empress and be the dark side. And um, talk about playing the long game. Right. He has. I mean, me, can I? Can I? Let me ask this: Did anyone in all of the speculation for the past four years about race parentage? Did anyone ever say Palpatine? No. Yes. I, I heard it. Really? I really? When? I don't know. I, I've heard, heard it from granddaughter of Palpatine, but I don't know, remember from, from where. I personally I don't thought, remember it, but. I never thought Palpatine. When that came up, I was like. Florida. Perfect. Perfect. It explains the force power. Absolutely perfect. Well, and it just. It is a, it is, it is a surprise without being without undoing everything that's gone before it is a it is it is a it is a good twist it subverts expectations in a good way and and it's something that no one saw coming it's just it I, I thought perfect you can't get any better now my question is who in the world is her grandmother and and how did that happen maybe it's not a story we won't told you know but but then but see there's there's all types of story now to tell of her father and her mother we obviously knew who he was right this wasn't one of those uh, it was Sheev's boy yeah it wasn't all uh, going around impregnating the galaxy like they were in Plagius <laughs> uh, so this was an actual yeah so he he feared his father obviously and they they wanted to protect her. Mm-hmm. So that's that's huge. Mm. But like you said, in a good way. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm just like, I'm just blown away. I, I have to see it 20 more times. Yep. And I probably will. My record was seven with episode seven. I might hit nine with nine. Well, I'm, you know, I was telling Haley, my wife Haley on the way over here, not to confuse Haley Lowe and in my Haley, but I was telling my wife Haley on the way over here, I saw episode one back in 99, 17 times in the theater. Um, and that's not even counting the times we'd go see a movie and I would sneak in to watch the last fight in episode one, you know. 
I love, and of course, now remember that movie was also <laughs> that movie was re-released in November of that year. Yeah. So <laughs> I was I was just an intern then. I was just an intern. Jesus for beans, everybody. That's right. Yeah, that's that's old, Steve. I would never do that again. <laughs> I would have done it if we weren't coming here. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. That theater was really empty. The, I'm a, it, was that a sign of them over prepare this theater over preparing, or was that a sign of people didn't people didn't want it? Yeah, people didn't don't care. Well, 21 showings in five hours is a lot that's of excessive. a lot of showings. Yeah. So I think that did have a. A factor in it, and I think a lot of people. Yeah, Thursday night. Yeah, and, and <laughs> exactly. how many theaters are doing it? Exactly. Uh, it's it's going to be curious to see how the numbers shake out through the weekend, and I think once you get more people talking like we're talking, because I have a friend from church we used to go with. He put on my post today. I'll wait till it's on Netflix or whatever. I'm not going because he's he's so anti. Just jaded now well, that because of last Jedi. Well, I'm going to be honest, and this is something you know. I've not really talked about a lot on the show because I don't like to to skew this way. But Disney has not handled the property the best. No, they have since they've had it. And and thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank and, you. and 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 they have run the risk. There is no reason that Star Wars shouldn't be just as popular right now as the Avengers. There's no reason that these things shouldn't be. And and really, it's just, to me, it's surprising. After Rogue One was so well received oh. by so many fans, how they would turn around and say, yeah, we're just going to totally undo everything with Episode Eight and and do stuff the fans don't want. When they intentionally made, went back and redid all this stuff with Rogue One to make it more in line. And it's just, a, it's an interesting, weird... I just don't know who Ryan Johnson has dirt on there because they just sing his praises continuously and I don't know that he was I don't know that he was faithful to the mythology of Star Wars in the right way and so I mean look Chris Terrian who wrote who co-wrote the screenplay with J.J. J.J. Abrams they they did the Lord's work I mean they absolutely or they did the forces work they absolutely you know brought Star Wars back for me, for me, and I'm going to say this, for me they did. Because I was in a place, Mandalorian helped a lot, yes. but I have been in a place for the past two years because of the state of fandom, because of my not quite like of, of episode eight. I've been in this place where it's just like I, I can't really get behind Star Wars. I just don't, I, I don't want to say I don't, there's been a lot of I don't care. I'm somewhat of an optimist myself. I think after the backlash from episode eight and the failure because I, I they did not market solo enough right they put it too close behind what some people call a bad star wars movie. right too close within six months yep i think maybe the light has gone off because now i'm not a big resistance fan mm-hmm. but the mandalorian they're hitting it now got yep. an Obi-Wan series coming directed by Deborah Chow mm-hmm. who who's done some of the better episodes the she's done some of the better episodes of Mandalorian yeah I think they may have realized we need to write this ship yeah. at least that's what I'm really hoping yeah. has happened yeah. because they sure write it tonight with seeing this movie man it, I was yeah there there were moments where I was almost in tears there were moments look when 
Well, real quick, do you have a favorite moment you can think of, Rob? You have Haley Lowe. Not my wife, Haley, the other Haley. Um, I would. It's silly, but I liked um, in the end when um, they, they, when Ray was down and Kylo ran over to her and revived her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, the, I saw the tension in their face. I'm like, I hope they kiss. And then they did. But then he faded away. Come and on, was Haley like, Lowe. Not, you're not a Raylo person, are you? <laughs> she is. I didn't know I was. You're no longer on this podcast. <laughs> No, I was, because for the longest time I thought she was Skywalker, so I was like, you! But then it was a comedy. <laughs> see, see, almost, it did cross my mind after they broke from the kiss, so you go, oh, that just didn't feel right. That's, yeah. I, was, I was wondering if they do a comedic moment like that. No, but he disappeared, so but, obviously and that was it was And that's the thing, and I even told my Haley. As, as as he was doing that, I'm like, he's got to sacrifice himself. Mm-hmm. In the galaxy's eyes, it's just like with Vader. Had Vader survived, no one would have accepted him. In the galaxy's eyes, he is a monster, and he must he must be done away with. He has to answer for his crimes. So he doesn't have a happy ending either way you look at it. This is the best result for Ben. And, and to disappear, to go be one with the Force that way was great. Um, Monique, wife of John... Did you have a favorite moment of the Ewoks? Was that your favorite? I mean, I was excited when I finally got the Ewoks, but I mean, it was kind of a letdown. It was a, it was a big letdown. I so. was really happy to see them. Yeah, but there was not a lot of interaction. There was two of them, and they it was kind of a cameo, you They're know. Obsession. Well, that's fine. So. That was a throwback to the, what they did with the special editions with yeah. A New Hope, with Star Wars. Showing the different planets as the first order is falling, and and uh, and and I thought that was a really great throwback. But I mean, there was a lot of jaw-dropping stuff that happened. Oh yeah, I can't like think of a yeah. specific spot. Polo, what you got? You've been over there processing. Um, definitely the lightsaber switch mid-battle. That was that epic. Was, that, that was so totally cool. bad, but I fun. wanted to be able to yeah. do that. Yeah, that was that was, I forgot that was about amazing. That. Like that for a second, like Anakin. Oh. What you got? Ed Lowe, what, what's Ed your Lowe. favorite moment? He does he, no comment. <laughs> John? Probably the beginning to the end. The, the beginning, beginning to the end? <laughs> yes, that was pretty much my favorite. Uh, the crawl was epic. I thought the dead speak. The dead speak. And what? I thought, huh. That's the how it opened crawl. up. The first the first phrase was episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker, and the first thing is the dead speak. Exclamation point. Like <laughs> this is huge. The it, dead speak. It painted a picture just like to me what the crawl and a new hope did. It set you up for okay, yeah. it's about to be a ride. Yeah. And um But they kept the storyline. Well you know, they called out for help and nobody showed up. Right. And so when they called for help this time, you were wondering, are they going to show up or not? Is it because no, of who didn't. was asking for help? Right. Orlando's got the game. It <laughs> <laughs> works every time. Hey, you got to See, come that's over where here he should have said, you how come did you over, get all what, these what people? What was the name of that planet? I... You got to come over here to Excacor or whatever it's called. Exegol. We need some help over here. And then Poe goes, how did you do it? And he says, it works, it every, works time. every time. <laughs> Even Wedge showed he, up. He sure did for his 
3.8 second cameo. I, I was glad to see Chewie in the cockpit with him, but it would not have hurt my feelings to see Nine Num in the cockpit with him either. You know what I mean? Like that kind of weirdness. Trust me. You know, yeah, yeah. I, got my friend got that Mohada, Mohada, Mohada. Uh, Another thing, uh, real quick. Chewie's reaction to Leia's death. Oh, that killed me. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. Oh. So, sorry, folks, if you haven't seen it tonight. Uh, but that was that was a reaction. Well, you got to see in Force Awakens his reaction to Han's death right. was he he did the same kind of thing, but he also had something to lash out at. Yeah. He was able to turn his sorrow into anger and take out those stormtroopers and stuff and get the heck out of Dodge. This made up for the lack of the hug at the end of the Force Awakens. Oh, sure, today. sure. Because it's like literally you could hear Chewie saying. I'm losing everyone. And look, it's a silly thing. It is a silly thing that I can't believe that fandom has has had shoehorned into this movie. But Chewie got his medal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love you that. Know? Oh. I mean, like that. That's just one of those things. It's like, of course, I never knew Chewie was supposed to get a medal until the internet comes along and everyone's like, well, why didn't Chewie get a medal? <laughs> and I'm just like, come on, guys. Come on, son. And uh, and so, yeah, that was that was really cool. Haley? Haley um, of the Glosson clan? Every single C-3PO moment, obviously. But, but, I mean, he was the best part of the movie. But aside from that, when she was on the little island and Luke showed up and then the plane, or not plane, but what X-Wing came out of the water mm-hmm. and he was saying, this is what you need. Like, and they played Yoda's theme. They played yeah. Yoda's theme. He did. They played when he raised it out of the swamp on the Dagobah. And he was no longer the grumpy old man from the last movie. Well, it was not, he, he was redeemed. Yeah. You know. To be fair, he figured it out during the last movie after his conversation with Yoda. But that's another thing that every fan said they wanted to see was Luke raising that X-Wing out of the water and getting in it to go save he the day. Fight. To see him do that was... That whole, the Octu scene there on the island was probably my favorite few moments of with all the spectacle with all the humor with everything that went on that that conversation that moment on the island did so much to right every wrong of episode eight from the moment he catches the lightsaber and he says this is no way to treat the weapon of this is very disrespectful way to treat the weapon of a jedi it's just like there you go you know and then to to say i was wrong about what i thought He's able to have that conversation with Ray. I love that the first time we see her, it's the be with me, be with me. And she's trying to reach out to all these people that have gone on in the force. And finally she does. They're on the island or he reaches back to her. And then that through line carries to as she's laying there defeated, be with me. And then all those voices come through. But Luke's line on Ot 2, it, it is the, you know, it, it's the destiny of a Jedi to confront fear. And... Yes, yes, it is, and not to be, not to, not to fear fear, not to run from fear, not to go hide in the desert, not to go hide on an island, but to confront fear. This is the destiny of a Jedi, and so Rey, armed with with all the knowledge she now has, goes to confront that very fear, and it was just a glorious moment. As he was raising the X wing up, like that's one of those moments where it was almost tears. It was almost tears for me, and just and just little Steve was back in the theater watching, like. Little Steve was all over this movie. And, and it's everything in The Force Awakens when she says, we'll take the junk, and the camera pans over, and it's the Falcon. 
yes, I was super stoked about that. After that moment, there was none. There was no real feeling like that for me. It was good to see Han and Chewie. It was, you know, and I liked it and everything. But there was no, there was not that moment where Steve comes back to little Steve, and that that little fella was gone until just a moment ago. Thank right, you, thank ma'am. You. We'll be out of your hair. Um, and so that there was so much about that island scene that set everything right for me. I agree. Uh, I agree, and. I know some people on social media I saw that saw the premiere thought it was kind of taking shots at Ryan. I don't. That's fine. I think he was just. I'm. This is my ship, and mm-hmm. I'm going to correct it the way yeah. I see it. You know, that was your movie. This is mine, and I think it. it I think it's going to help bring some people back around. I think it will. I think there's going to be a lot of people who are. I know there are some people right now who I know were planning on going to see this movie. And I don't know if I can talk them into going, but I want to. I want them to go and be able to experience the same, to sit there with their arms crossed like I did and slowly but surely uncross their arms and ease to the edge of their seat and and find that place in their heart again for Star Wars. It's not as much of a shot at Brian, in my opinion, because actually he worked off what Yoda told Luke, yeah, in yeah. Episode eight. Sure. We don't just teach them our, our successes. Right. We, we teach. teach them our failures. Right. And so, and Luke admitted failure, and yeah. that's what helped get her going. And yeah. It's just an awesome movie. Over well, this. thank y'all so much for this time tonight. It's been. I appreciate y'all having us over and, yeah, and doing all this great. stuff. Yeah. It was good to hang out with everybody and see this together. Oh, it's in the car. Y'all need to come to Rome.